Drama City Productions presets. Immersion Rig now online. Welcome, nerd. Now generating episode 79. Featuring horror, comics, movies, wrestling. Full immersion begins in 3, 2, 1. Hey, this is Christian. Hey, this is Damon. And this is the Amazing Nerd Show. I survived, Damon. You I'm survived here. the airplane. <laughs> Golf clap. Yes. <laughs> we are back after two weeks. Yes. Right? We were off for two weeks? Or we were off for a week, pretty much. Yeah, whatever. The episode still came out. Yes, time, that's so. right. That's right. Back to You back haven't recording. missed a thing. That's right. Uh, <laughs> but Christian, how was the trip? Oh, the trip was awesome. Um, Austin is a really great town in general. Uh, Just nice people everywhere telling us where to go, what to do, you know, what to see. But uh, ultimately, the opposite of Chicago. Yes. (laughs) And it doesn't snow there. It snows there like what one day a year now because of climate change. Oh, that's sad. (laughs) We're all gonna die (laughs) eventually. Uh, And let the people know why you were in Austin. Oh well, the main reason was because I went to RTX, which is uh, Rooster Teeth's big. Um, press co- not press conference. Um, convention every year. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> um, and a lot of awesome. I got to you know basically run like the way that they run that man is like the celebrities that are there are pretty much like just roaming the the panels and roaming the halls themselves. Like pretty really? like you can run into people left and right there. Now, do they have like big names there, or is it well, it's like, like the Rooster Teeth? Big know, names and Rooster Teeth. I'm not Teeth. down playing <laughs> Rooster Teeth people, but you know, you know I'm so not saying like Oscar winners are walking through. Okay, or anything, like Brad Pitt. You didn't rub elbows with no. Brad Pitt or anything like that. But, but you know, it's it's cool to see like this company that started off with, you know, like two guys or technically like three or four guys, you know, making a video game character go up and down with its gun to make it look like it's talking. To become such a huge community and to have opportunities like um, one of the big news items was one of their shows that they haven't done in a little while is actually being brought back and put on a television network um, for Discovery. Uh, they do a little like um, science like experiments where they take, you know, uh, would this video game concept work in real life? Um, and they're going to be on Shark Week this year. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, so they're, that, that, I thought that's a cool aspect, you know, to see them go from such a small place yeah. to now being on TV. Like, um, Where they warned a fucking convention every year. This <laughs> exactly. This that they do annually. Mm-hmm. Wow, that is crazy. Multiple now. Like, they have one in um, London, one in um, Canada, and really? one in uh, wow. Australia. All yeah. right. All right, so now did you get to... Do many of the panels? Yeah, I, I, I ran through panels as much as I possibly could. So it's just to soak in, you know, information going on. Okay. Um, of course, I was there for Ruby, uh, that show that we barely ever talk about. Here. <laughs> <laughs> it's your show too. You can talk about yeah, what you yeah. want. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the big things that they announced was, you know, we have this partnership with DC, and we're going to be writing comics uh, with them and stuff. Uh, for well, that's that show. exciting. Mm-hmm. Wow, it's a, so they didn't have the partnership before. 
Uh, no, they've been like slowly building up new partnerships with like book writers and stuff like that. Like they have a big publishing deal with um, Scholastic right now, and they're kind of like uh, building like little like like my kids' catalog that she gets from her school every day. Like that's Scholastic. Yeah, that's Scholastic. Oh, okay. So, so like, do uh, they do like kids' books, or is that just like do does Scholastic do? Like, it's like their new publishing? like uh, they have like a teen teen, teen of okay. division now. So <laughs> that makes sense. Though. Mm. Ruby feels like it would fit like in that, you know, that whole category. Yeah. So, um, all right. So was there any like big news that like came out besides the whole DC partnership? Did they have like a comic book line before? No. So, so this, this is, is a brand whole new, new yeah. thing. Well, that's fucking awesome. It's a whole new venture. So that's for something that. we'll probably be reviewing. Every, exactly. Every month. <laughs> awesome. If it's a monthly. Yay content. Videos. So. Mm. <laughs> um, all right. All right. Well, that's cool. Do they announce any artists who are working on the book? Um, artist wise, and they did show off like um a couple covers and stuff. Uh, the artwork looks great. Um, I'm just trying to pull up who that was. Uh, the artist for the Ruby comic will be Mirka and Dolfo and Arif Parento, which I'm totally butchering these names. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> um, which the writer will be, uh, Margaret Bennett. Okay. Uh, she worked on, um, DC's Bombshells. Uh, it's basically like Wonder Woman and, and crew Working on bikes and stuff, but it's also like oh, it's just supposed to kind of be like they're like pinup, yes, like that kind of like mm-hmm. style, right? Okay, I, there was a toy line, I believe, yeah. based off of that I've seen. So, okay, all right, uh, well that's big news. And there will be a Genlock comic as well, which is uh, Michael B. Jordan's anime that he's been working with uh, Rooster Teeth on. Okay, and was there something with them coming to TV? Also? Yes, they're going to be putting the first season on um, Adult Swim's Toonami, which is Cartoon Network. Oh, all right. nights. Yeah. So is that something that they're going to be looking into, like actually distributing? Yeah, it to I mean, I would hope that they would like they would continue on. You know, because right now, where do you catch all of their shows? Is it just on their website? Yeah, basically on their website. So it's, it's like another streaming service, mm-hmm. pretty much. All right. So did you get to meet anyone? Like, uh, um, you were really like jonesing to meet. I I got to meet a lot of the inside gaming people that I get most of my gaming news through and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've met you know people from the shows beforehand on like different conventions and stuff, so I wasn't like rushing to everyone. But you know I got to experience a lot of what I've been wanting to experience for a long time. So that's awesome. Mm. That's awesome. How many days were you there for? Um, the convention was only three, uh, well technically four because there was other events that I went to, but. Um, down in Austin for like nine days. So was there another rave, Christian? Um, yes. <laughs> it was funny. One of the um, have you come down yet from the rave? Yes, I was only at the rave for like an hour or two. Uh, it was How many a glow sticks. Did you hit? I had two. Okay. Okay. Can you show us the rave dance? I'll video it and put it on uh, our social media. No. You don't have any kind of moves or anything? What's your raver name? Do you have a rave name? No, I don't have a rave name. <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> I think it's like vitamin C or something. Oh, jeez. Something like that, yeah. Something bad. <laughs> well, you've already seen Kuda Swag Swag. Oh, that's... My right. names. <laughs> it's, it's probably something bad. That's a Christian's email. <laughs> swag Swag. I was calling myself Swaggy D for a while, so I get it. Mm. Yeah, but that wasn't my rave. I'll never tell. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too old for that shit. Uh. <laughs> Alright, well, it sounds like you had an awesome time. Yes. Alright.
right. Well, we have a lot of catching up to do this week. Um, we are going to try to just shotgun our way through the news because there's so much since we missed basically two weeks. Mm. Um, we didn't cover news the last episode no. because we recorded it back to back. Mm. So uh, right off the bat, uh, it is an end of an era. Uh, the Walking Dead comic book series has come to an end out of nowhere uh, with issue 193. Um, I think an issue or two before, they killed Rick which was, you know, huge. I know he kind of died, but not really, on the TV series. Mm-hmm. But uh, Kirkman finally pulled the trigger on Rick. And then, you know, everyone was kind of expecting the series to go on. I mean, he did, apparently, a bunch of, like, fake solicitations for, like, upcoming issues, like, even, like, covers and everything. Um, and then the day before issue 193 dropped, he made the announcement that that would be the last issue. Which is nuts. Yes, insane. <laughs> but I guess his rationale was, as a fan, he always hates when, you know, there's this huge, like, going away, and you're kind of, like, stuck, you know, like, you know, anticipating, the, you know, the final issue mm-hmm. or the final episode, and then you're literally, like, hanging on every word. He just wanted it to, to be kind of sudden and out of nowhere, kind of like the deaths in his actual, you know, series. Which makes sense. I think that kind of. I think it's kind of beautiful. Honestly, it yeah. makes perfect sense for what he's been doing. Well, like I hate when they do that with um, big comics. Like, oh, the death of Batman is coming. Yes, and like, they prepare you fifteen issues ahead. Yes, and like every every like DC comic will have it, like mm-hmm. you know, on the cover for four months. You know, three months away. You know, so I'm glad that he went out this way. Yes. I have not read the book. Um, I kind of stopped reading, I want to say, after, my God, what was it? I think it was after the whole Whisper like, storyline, Okay. I believe. So I've been kind of like off track with the book, so that it kind of makes me want to catch up and figure out, you know, how it ended. So um, How much do you think of, that like whole box set is going to be worth? Of what? For like the, like the mega bus of the entire series, once it's finally like... The actual, oh, the comic? Yeah. You know what? There, you can get giant collections right now for dirt cheap. Um, they're reprinting it like, um, like crazy. But um, I'm sure they'll do a huge, mm-hmm. you know, um, box set to like commemorate, you know, the series and everything. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure you'll get a few of those <laughs> from Image. So, uh, but yeah, no, it's it's definitely the end of an era. Um, but since he didn't tell anyone that this was going to be the final issue, comic book shops only ordered what they would usually order. Ooh. Yes. So if you got yourselves a issue of 193, Walking Dead 193, hold on to it. <laughs> <laughs> now, I think they're going to do a second printing. I'm sure they probably already have, mm. but it's going to be hard to find, you know, because I'm sure everyone ran to the comic book store and grabbed it. I have to check out and see what it's worth on eBay right now. I'm sure it's probably a pretty penny at this point. So, but yeah, yeah, hold on to that shit because that's definitely going to go through the roof. Um, what do we? What else do we have, Christian? Oh, Warner Brothers Media finally announced their streaming service, um, HBO Max. They're going to use the HBO title to you know get our money, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which makes sense though. Um, 
I didn't realize, like looking at the announcement and everything like that, I didn't realize how much content they actually had on this, you know, service. Because I didn't, like one, I don't think I even realized that uh, they had TNT and TBS also. So they have everything that mm-hmm. TNT and TBS own. Um, they also have, obviously, everything that Cinemax has on it, too. So, and then along with HBO, I mean, it's, it's and then all the Warner Brother movies. So it's quite a catalog that they have. Um, they are saying that it's going to be about $17 a month, um, which is about what HBO Go costs yeah. currently. So that's not too bad, but it is a lot more than what, like, Netflix charges a month at this point. Now, most likely, are they going to then end HBO Go, make it all HBO Max, and then... I would assume, because why would you compete against yourself? Right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm assuming that they would phase that out, mm-hmm. you know, if not just abruptly end it. Um, and just, like, if you already have Go, like, you have the option of continue on with Max, because why wouldn't you? Um, you know, like, I have DirecTV... Why, and I have Go because I have a subscription, you know, through DirecTV. So I, I, it feels like it would just be a smooth transition. Um, but yeah, there is no word on whether or not DC's streaming service is going to change because of this. Because they're also Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're going to end up being kind of merged together. That was the rumor that was going around. It's still very hush. Because they, they're like, no, DC's not going to end. But Yes, but Swamp Thing's canceled <laughs> after three episodes, right? <laughs> and I've heard nothing but good things about Swamp Thing so far. Really? I keep hearing people say, this was just such a high budget, well done show and i'm like man i gotta check this out <laughs> do you think it was because the budget maybe I'm, i guess i don't know how dc streaming's doing mm-hmm. but i know that money's actually tight right now for hbo max because they actually just signed a couple big like production companies and one of them's bad robot jj abrams mm-hmm. uh, company and it, like the contract was like I, I think it was like a 500 million dollar like deal that they signed with so they actually ended up having to outsource some of their like property, some of their IP because of this, um, which is brings us to actually our next news story. Uh, Neil Gaiman's Sandman is going to be getting a Netflix series. And this is a due result to all these giant contracts that Warner Brothers has been signing with these production companies, they needed to have like a windfall of like income coming mm-hmm. in. So they went ahead and, you know, they chose one of their bigger properties to give to Netflix. Um, and I'm sure Netflix paid a lot of money for it because it has been like on everyone's wish list for a long time. Yeah. I know that there's been multiple like rumors of like movies throughout the years coming out, you know, um, for it. And then we've heard like, you know, people talking about series in the past. So, but it seems like uh, Netflix is going to actually pull the trigger on it. Um, David Goyer is attached because he's attached to every comic book property, apparently, <laughs> that Warner Brothers does, uh, which is weird, but whatever. Um, but Gaiman's going to be very hands-on also. He's going to be an executive producer, but he's going to be there, you know, in the writer's room and everything like that and overseeing everything. So. I just hope, you know, it gets its, you know, justice and everything. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I don't want it to be two seasons of Luke Cage and then we get nothing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It is, you know, that could definitely be a fear because of everything that's happened Mm -hmm. with, you know, Marvel, Netflix, where all of a sudden Warner Brothers, you know, maybe, you know, HBO Max isn't doing as well and they want all their property. Um, But I feel like Netflix is smarter than that. 
where like, okay, we got screwed here, you know, or whatever the fuck happened with that whole process with Marvel. But, you know, let's make sure that we, you know, cross all our T's and dot all our I's. Honestly, I would just, at this point for Warner, I would just get rid of the DC streaming service and sell those properties to either Netflix or Hulu. Well, they have, and too, like... Oh, really? Yeah. That's what I would do. I'm thinking they're probably going to eventually just merge it into mm. their own, you know, into um, HBO Max, because why not? It's more like, okay, well, you subscribe to the DC service, why wouldn't you want HBO Max, you know, on top of it? I'm just saying, you get everything you money. love and, like, Game of Thrones mm. and everything else on there. And I'm sure they're going to be doing a lot of, like, you know, awesome things with all the, you know, prequels and everything that are planned. So, you know. I do hope that it's like you get the weekly television and everything. Uh, like if anything's new, like how awesome would it be to have that streaming service have um, AEW for oh, like weekly, you know? That is true. There's no like solid streaming service for WWE or any other wrestling, like I would say sites. Uh, well, other besides than, WWE. Other than their own like <laughs> thing. You know, I want yeah. something bundled. Rather yeah, where than, you can actually. Yeah. And I'm surprised the network hasn't, like, they haven't entered any deals for bundling with WWE. You get some weird crap on Hulu where it's like an hour cut of the three-hour show. Where, like, oh, well, if you get Hulu and you get WWE Network, you know, you get it at this yeah. price or something. I'm surprised they, they're doing something right now that's completely off track. Where, like, because they want to get subscription rates up for, like, their quarterly, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, I guess right now, if you subscribe, you'll get it for, like, 99 cents for, like, the first three months. Huh. Yeah, so they're really desperate. Like, they don't care about the money, because they have all the money in the world. They just want those subscription rates up, you know, for their investors. Still not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I almost thought about, like, canceling and, like, re right? Yeah. yeah. So, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, I'm excited for Neil Gaiman's Sandman, though. Mm. That That's awesome news. Uh, I've never really, I think I've read a few issues here and there, but it's always been like in the middle of something, and I've never had time to go back and just, because it, it feels like a series that you have to go back from the beginning. No, I started from the beginning, but I definitely have not finished it whatsoever. Yes. So, I, I don't know, I might have to pick it up now, mm. though, so I can kind of like, you know, play catch up. Or maybe I just dive into the series and not know any better. You know, that's what I did with Walking Dead. And that's good shit. Like, so. Yeah. No, no. I agree. So, and a lot of people are excited for it. So, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But yeah, oh, uh, the streaming service is supposed to be starting in spring of 2020. So, it's actually right around the corner. So, a lot of, damn, the streaming wars are real. <laughs> <laughs> Disney Plus, now this shit? Jesus Christ. Uh, we were just talking about Game of Thrones. We actually got some Game of Thrones prequel news. Um, this actually comes from George R.R. R. Martin himself, because he's got a mouth. Yeah. <laughs> so apparently the, the prequel that they're working on, which could be called The Long Night or The Longest Night, possibly, um, will feature Starks. And they will have dire wolves, and there will be at least a hundred kingdoms <laughs> instead of the seven that we know and love. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when I hear a hundred kingdoms, I'm thinking tribes. I'm not thinking kingdoms, uh-huh. like full kingdoms. So, uh, but yeah, it it sounds, and they're in production, right? Because I mean, they went on to talk about like, yeah, we're gonna see the dire wolves and mammoths. Like I know we heard rumors of fucking mammoths and shit. So I don't know how far in the past this is supposed to take place. 
Um, also, it's got to be some distance because I mean we've only ever really heard about the Seven Kingdoms. Yeah, yeah. So it, so to go from a hundred to seven. Well, here they're also <laughs> saying that the Lannisters aren't even a thing. Mm-hmm. So we might see like you know how it you know came to be that whole bloodline, I guess. But yeah, that, like the Lannisters aren't even a fucking thing at here, and we're actually gonna get uh, White Walkers in this series too. So maybe they'll actually end up mattering. So this is going to be kind of like Game of Thrones, Without all the old character. Republic. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. Which is funny because the Game of Thrones guys went on to, right, they're working on the old Republic movies. Yeah. <laughs> so whatever, man. I'll watch, right? If it's good, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely watching the first episode. Um, but yeah, we'll know right away whether or not uh-huh. it's worthwhile. Because there's supposed to be, like, what, like, five other prequels out there? Yeah. In the works? So When you got a brand, you got This is definitely, like, they're they're shotgunning this shit. Mm -hmm. Right? Because, like, right as the series was ending, we were hearing everything about them going to pre-production and everything. I think Naomi Watts is a part of this, too. I guess if you if you set it far back enough, then you can maybe get back to what that original feel for Game of Thrones was, which was like very slow paced. Uh-huh. Um, you know, you got to know Man, all the characters and everything. That last season just <laughs> soured you. <laughs> maybe we could give. I was like, just a season or two ago it was good, man. It hasn't been that long. <laughs> I'm just saying. They're at uh, San Diego. They're doing like a farewell panel or something. Oh, okay. I was like, man, they're fucking ballsy, right? Like they want a parade, you know, after the shit show of the season. <laughs> oh, they'll, they'll, they'll siphon the questions and they Oh, yeah. And have extra security. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> the writers I was like, be man, like, yeah, I'm assuming the writers aren't going to be there. It'll just be for like the stars. Because I just hear like booze, uh-huh. right? Because <laughs> a lot of the actors have come out too, like and kind of like you know just on the you know out of both sides of their mouth, kind of like spoke ill of like the mm. last season. Yeah, I think recently uh, Lena Heavy uh, was kind of like, yeah, I think my character deserved a better end. So that says a lot. I mean, the show just ended like. A hey, I agree. Ago, High five. So, <laughs> yeah. So, but anyway, let's move on. Um, Speaking of San Diego Comic-Con, we actually got a little reveal Star Wars-wise just yesterday. So we saw the poster art. Mm -hmm. It was like a promotional poster for like basically Hasbro toy line. And it had a couple like red stormtroopers on it. Um, So obviously we started like doing a deep dive trying to figure out who these red (laughs) stormtroopers were. I think we actually came across the idea of Sith troopers. Um, but we kind of like, it was kind of like a throwaway, um, but they are confirmed as Sith Troopers. So, um, and they look badass because they actually did a, uh, Star Wars, um, Black Series reveal and a few other like merchandise things with them. And you got a really like up close look at them. Um, really fucking awesome armor and shit. Um, you know, I'm a sucker for Stormtroopers. You know, any mm. variation of a Stormtrooper I'm going to own. Hot Toys. Did a really fucking nice um, version of the the figure and everything like that. Those are like, you know, deluxe, fucking beautiful, like $300 Yeah, figures. but it's usually worth it, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you don't see many of them sitting around the basement, uh. right? <laughs> Just because, yeah, they're, they're pretty pricey. But yes, beautiful figures. But uh, yeah, so 
we don't know much about these Sith troopers. Um, you know, people are like right away, like, well, do they have force powers? You know, like the figures themselves come with like multiple weapons. It's um, an interesting concept, you know, have force sensitive clone troopers. Maybe they can aim straight for once, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but from what we were looking at, right, because there was an I like a version of that in the Knights of the Old Republic. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't have this look at all. They were gray, like their armor was gray. There was like one trooper that had the red armor. So I don't know if they're basing it off of that. And they have been kind of cherry picking off like the legends yeah. you know, line what basically they now, use. what they want to use, which is smart. You know, why not? So, um, but yeah, I highly doubt that they're like, you know, force users of any no. kind. If anything, they're probably like the Praetorian Guards. Where yeah, they, like they're elite they have training. kind of like troopers, basically. Mm. So, I mean, pretty much what like the Death Troopers were in like Rogue One, yeah. I would assume. So, um, which I wouldn't mind seeing more of those too you know, mm. in the movies. So, but yeah, pretty badass regardless. I mean, I hope they have more than like what TR-88 had, you know, where he just has the one scene. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Well, I think like one of the weapons too looked like, you know, the club thing that he had. Mm. I was like, oh, they just totally like repackaged that, repainted it and threw it in there. So mm. I was like, don't read too much in like the library <laughs> that they have with the figures. Because sometimes it is just like, you know, a company repainting or reusing, you know, shit they have laying around the factory. So, um, but yeah, no, it's still exciting. Like I get a little crumb of Star Wars news and right away I start like salviating for, you know, Rise of Skywalker to be out sooner than later. It's been pretty quiet lately. It has been. Um, They said at D23, we're going to get a lot of like Mandalorian shit. So I'm sure we'll probably get some kind of like, I don't know, teaser trailer for Mm -hmm. Rise of Skywalker or some kind of nugget, you know, to keep us going till December. Maybe like um, set videos or something. Probably. Like behind the scenes shit. Mm. So they usually do some kind of package like that. We still haven't seen the Mandalorian uh, trailer that they no, show. No, yeah. So, um, other than like bootleg copies. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so maybe we'll get something. I'm hoping that we get something at San Diego. Mm. You know, it's not just this toy reveal because that would kind of suck. But I understand <laughs> that one to save it to D23. Mm. All right. So while we're off, we actually got some MCU news. Uh, Doctor Strange 2, it seems like they are eyeing Matt Smith to play the main villain. And that villain possibly could be Nightmare. Hmm. Um, I think it's perfect casting. You know, I mean, physically alone, like, he he basically looks like the fucking character. As we see, Doctor Who's make great Marvel villains. That's right. That's right. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I... He's a fantastic actor, so, and I I love Nightmare as a character, and just, you know, being able to kind of explore his, like, Nightmare realm Mm -hmm. and everything would be really awesome, like, super cinematic, so, um, that's exciting news if it's true, but we also heard that he was supposed to be part of Rise of Skywalker, and that doesn't seem to be real at this point, um, but maybe that's a surprise, fingers crossed, yeah, (laughs) he's probably, well, he was actually, right, he was listed, Right? And mm-hmm. th- was there an actual, like, release by them? Like, an actual news release or a press I release? thought he was in the casting news originally. Yeah. And right. then they're like, no, we had to cut his parts. Like, you're full of shit. He's the emperor. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's still my main theory. He's young He's like Palpatine. a clone. Yeah, uh, I could totally see that. I don't want them to go the clone route, but... <laughs> well, Star Wars does like its clones, uh. so... 
But yeah, so that was kind of some interesting news. Um, also, um, while we're gone, we're getting a lot of leakage coming from the Black Widow uh, group the last like month or so. I don't think we ever talked about all the shit like flying out. Um, just kind of like, you know, rumors and speculations. Mm-hmm. But um, a lot of stuff is out there in the press. Um, it sounds like Florence Pugh could be playing Yelena Belova, um, who is also Black Widow in the comic books. It's kind of this like evil version of you know the character that's As if she's been around for like the last like 10, 10 years. <laughs> she's from like the Red Room, but she's mm-hmm. like a character who's kind of like gone awry and everything. She recently like had a face turn in the books, but I'm wondering if you know because they knew the movie was coming out. That's why. So I'm curious to see if like she's because a lot of people were speculating. Oh, she's the next Black Widow. I don't know. If you know, it's like pump the brakes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know Widow's dead technically in the MCU right now, but once again, it was, you know, the Infinity Stone. So anything's fucking mm. possible. Um, but it seems like the villain also might be uh, Taskmaster. Um, mm. There was a few shots of this armored character fighting the Widows in the middle of the street. Um, and people right away were like speculating, like possibly... You know, Tess. I think that's a good fit as a villain, you know, for this movie. Yeah. Um, it's an awesome character if he's done right. So I wasn't really impressed with, you know, how the armor looked. Um, so but is it pre-CGI though? I don't know. You <laughs> never know. I mean, it looked very much like a variation of kind of what like crossbones look like uh, okay. in the MCU. You know, almost like a biker helmet. Trying to ground him with a little bit more reality. Maybe. Taskmaster did have a costume like that for a while when he was, like, running with Deadpool. He was in Deadpool series for a little bit. Oh, okay. Um, There was, like, a version of that kind of, like, costume, that armor, like, costume that he was wearing, so... Um, but I like the fucking, you know, pirate boots and, Uh you know, cape (laughs) and the the Skeletor masks, so... You know, that's my Taskmaster, goddammit. But um, we'll see. Um, I mean, it's all promising shit. And I'm hoping at San Diego that that's another big rumor that we might be actually seeing footage um, coming out from there. So I, we'll see, though. I think that's more just people it's fine with wishful me. thinking. That's, I mean, that's what I like right now about the like current state of where we're going with MCU. Is that now we get to introduce all these cool, fun, like minor villains that you know we would have never seen on the big screen. Yeah. No, I agree. And I would like, you know, when the whole idea of, you know, uh, Steve Rogers kind of putting down the shield and, you know, we have no, we know what happened in, you know, Endgame and everything. The one, one of the things I thought about was like, oh man, we're never going to see him to go against characters like Taskmaster, you know, and, you know, the rest of his rogue, you know, gallery. I mean, Mm -hmm. we might see Sam hopefully go up against them, but it would have been cool to see, you know, Steve. You know, going punch for punch with, you know... It'll happen. He's coming back. Eventually. <laughs> it might be ten years down the line, but eventually. Uh-huh. So, uh, but yeah, no, I thought that was pretty fucking cool. So we had some Mortal Kombat casting news. Uh, the Raid star, Joe Taslim, I could be totally destroying his name, uh, will be playing Sub-Zero. Um, if you're wanting Mortal Kombat to be authentic, that is good news. Because he is a martial art like expert, so <laughs> a lot of people are really excited about that casting. The rate's a fucking phenomenal movie. Check it out. So it's basically like the Daredevil hallway scene from like, oh, okay. the entire fucking movie. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's good shit. Uh, but yeah, so that's pretty much. And I man, I keep on forgetting that like that movie's a thing right now. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that's coming out March 5th, 2021. So okay. that's with James Wan. So they, they went into like pre-production mm-hmm. just last month, right? So, um, but yeah, yeah, James Wan is everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's making money, so. He fucking sure is. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, oh, we got a bunch of horror news. Uh, there is a huge Halloween rumor. Um, I don't know if it was confirmed, but it was a really strong rumor that David Gordon Green is returning to direct Halloween. Um, but and most of the cast is also returning. But now it sounds like he might actually be directing back-to-back sequels. Ah. And I don't know if this is coming out of... Because there was that whole interview he did where he yeah. talked about how he almost filmed uh, you know, a sequel back-to-back mm-hmm. with the first one. But then they decided to kind of pump the brakes and wait to see if like people would actually want a sequel to the, <laughs> to the first film. Well, now that he knows that, yeah, no, people do, they, they dug what you did with the first one. It kind of makes sense to do it back-to-back. But what's most interesting about this is they're actually seeing that they might actually release it at the same time in the same month. So you get Halloween 2, and then you get Halloween 3, like a couple weeks later. Oh, wait. Yes. Yes. <laughs> No. <laughs> right? You know, I, I don't... It's kind of weird. Yeah. And I don't know the reasoning behind that. Why they would think that that would be a good idea. No. <laughs> you know, I understand like, filming it back to back, right? I wouldn't want to go to the movies for that. Like, I feel like that's more of a streaming... I'm fine seeing Halloween, like, you know. <laughs> but I don't know if they're, like it's like binge mentality. Now, like, hey, we can do this and put it out the same month and just be done. We don't. We can get all the press done at the same time, all the marketing done at the same time. I you just know, feel like it's, it's never d- been done before, so it's kind of gimmicky. You know, they did something similar, and this is way mm-hmm. before your time with Back to the Future, where they filmed it back to back, two and three back to back, and then I think they released it like six months, like away Still, from each that's other. Six, six months, months yes. You know? And the thing is, with Halloween, it's got to be released around Halloween, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, yeah, a little weird, right? So, and that's just a rumor right now. So take it with a grain of salt, but it's kind of crazy, right? I just feel like that at that point... You like, unless I make... love two, and like, I have to see what the fuck happens in three. Uh-huh. You know? But I don't feel like it's going to be an Infinity War cliffhanger. No! That makes you want to go to the, <laughs> the next film the next day. You know what I'm saying? You know, and is it the same night? You know, are they doing that type deal? So it, it, it there's a lot of questions, mm-hmm. and like what, like I said, I don't know if it's just you know, one. I like I said, I understand filming it back to back because you know, just money wise, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. It's such a small film, probably budget wise, that's totally doable. But movie going wise, like I feel like you're almost competing against yourself. Mm-hmm. Because you, you've got, right? That's got to hurt the numbers three. a little bit. You know, and like, am I going to choose as a fan, or, or like a casual fan? Like, because I'm there, regardless. But like a casual fan, am I going to want to go back three weeks later and see the conclusion? As a casual fan, am I going to be confused by that marketing? Yeah, like, wait, three's out? Yeah, you exactly. Know? So, but me, like, maybe they're banking on binge mentality now. Where people just don't want to wait anymore. I guess, but again, like I was trying to say, it's just, I feel like at that point you just put an hour episode on a series. 
Yeah, you know, well, they're not going to do that. <laughs> they made lots of money, you know, mm. unless Netflix fucking pays them a lot of fucking cash, which they can and they might. Mm. <laughs> now that I say that, but yeah, no, it really, <laughs> it it was strange. It kind of caught me off guard because I was like, oh yeah, okay, film it back to back. We heard that already. That's that's totally doable and makes sense. But then I saw that, I was like, wait, what? The same month? That's crazy. That's weird. So, but take it with a grain of salt. Um, but yeah. Oh, and then we got some Saw news. Uh, Chris Rock Saw, which is crazy to say. <laughs> <laughs> They're in production now. Mm. They actually just went to production this week. And they have cast Samuel L. Jackson as Chris Rock's father. So Chris Rock is going to be playing a detective investigating a series of grisly crimes. And Samuel L. Jackson will portray Rock's father. Oh, so, so um, I didn't really fully understand that Chris Rock was going to be in the film. I didn't either until this <laughs> news item came out. I thought he was just like, Producing. you know, a producer. So, but yeah, no, he put himself in the movie. All right. Now, my question is, is Tobin Bell in this movie? Are you, are they recasting Jigsaw? See, now I was going to say, oh man, is Samuel Jackson going to be Jigsaw? How badass would that be? <laughs> Samuel Jackson. That would be awesome. Right? And I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger those who attempt to poison and destroy my brothers. And you will know my name is the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon <laughs> That is the father role. He could be Jigsaw, though. It is a song True. movie. <laughs> but, like, it's weird for me to think of a song without Tobin Bell. Right? He meant a lot to that, right? Even yeah. though he died in like, the, the third one, right? Oh, yes. He, he died meant in the third a lot. one. Yeah, he, but he but didn't he, die. Yeah. <laughs> he was in every fucking yes. movie. But, I mean, he means a lot. He's almost like as iconic in that role as like Robert England and like Freddy Krueger. Yeah, but if you're rebooting the entire series, do you want to stand apart and just make it make it your own or I don't know. I don't know. Um be interesting, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I'll be curious to see what they do with it. You know, that actually, let's see where when is that actually coming out? That is that's October 23rd, 2020. All right. So, let's that no, not next year. Not, not this Halloween, next Halloween. <laughs> yes. So, but that's going to do for the news, man. Yeah, we got a couple movies to get into. We got a couple movies to talk. First up, Ari Aster's Midsummer. I invited Danny to come to Sweden. You know what she's been going through? Christian says you've got this special week planned. It's sort of a crazy festival. Special ceremonies and dressing up. That sounds fun. Unbelievable. Welcome and happy midsummer. School! What time is it? 9 p.m. That can't be right. The sky is blue. This is what 9 p.m. is like here. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you two been together? Just over three and a half years. Four years. Really? Yeah. What do you think? It's like another world. Tomorrow's a big day. Is it scary? What is it? It has special properties. 
What am I going through? We just need to acclimate. I don't want to acclimate. I want to go. Absolutely not. What's happening? I don't know why you invited us. That's why you look so guilty right now, because you know. We only do this every 90 years. I was most excited for you to come. And now, our feature presentation. All right, so over the week... Week, right? <laughs> yeah, we, we had a weird release schedule for right? all these Tuesday, films. Tuesday, I think? Uh-huh. Um, we saw Midsummer. Yes. Um, probably one of my most anticipated movies of the year. Absolutely. Um, after Ari Aster's uh, Hereditary, mm. uh, which was, I th- was that my favorite movie? Of yeah, last that year? was both of ours okay, last yeah. year. <laughs> okay. That was Feels number so, one. <laughs> so long ago. Um, yes, I was waiting, I was basically waiting with bated breath for mm-hmm. this movie to come out. Um, and for me, I, it did not disappoint. This was everything I got with Hereditary and then some. Um, just a total fucking, like, right from the first, like, five minutes, just a total, like, punch in the dick. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like just out of, it's like, oh, okay, that's right. <laughs> this is an Ari Aster movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a director who's absolutely dangerous, where you just don't know what he's going to fucking do. Um, you know, and he still fucking somehow ends up, like, shocking and surprising you. Mm-hmm. Uh, my theater going experience. I walked in the theater. There were a bunch of twelve year olds, and then this woman a couple aisles away from me who had to be in her seventies. So it was really odd to sit <laughs> through this movie <laughs> with this group of people. I, it was kind of uncomfortable. I think I'd probably be uncomfortable with any, any audience watching this movie. Mm-hmm. But I was like, "What is this seventy year old woman doing?" I mean, maybe, I mean, maybe she's a huge horror buff. I was like, I almost wanted to be like. Are you related to Ari Aster? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like expected to be like his aunt or something that she's just there to support her, you know. Uh, but yeah, no, it, it was quite the moving going mm. experience. Um, you know, just once again, just this exploration of just grief, um, you know, with a little dash of like codependency on top of it. You know, we've, you know, if everyone's seen the trailers, you know, or if you haven't seen the trailers, spoilers, but you know, you have the main character, Florence Pugh, who did an exceptional job in this movie. Um, she is a tour de force. Like, I, I don't, I mean, I'm sure it's mostly her, but it's all, I feel like Ari Esther just gets these performances out of these actresses, um, you know, where you're just kind of going through just all these different mm-hmm. stages of grief um, with them. So, but if you saw the trailer, you know that there's an event that happens that just, you know, totally rocks her world, mm. knocks her, you know, into like this tailspin and she has this major breakdown um, where, you know, her significant other is kind of like left trying to pick up the pieces and being supportive. Um, I wasn't prepared for the event that actually like, you know, <laughs> took mm. place. So once again, like I'm thinking, okay, you know, I'm guessing it's a family member's death or something like that. But in Ari Esther, like fashion, you know, he totally sideswipes you and, you know, knocks you on your ass in the first like five minutes of the movie. Um, you know, so and are we doing spoilers? We're, we're going non-spoiler, right? We're going like light spoilers. How about that? 
Yes. So there is a death <laughs> that happens, yes. you know, or deaths. And you, the way it's displayed on the screen is just completely horrific. Um, innovative. I've never seen it on film mm. before, but just haunting and visceral, um, you know, which is pretty much this entire movie. You know, the violence in this movie is very visceral. Um, but, you know, it just, I mean, it, it sets you up. It sets the tone for the entire yes. movie. So, um, and there's little there's little plays to all the things that are coming throughout. Like some foreshadowing is just yes heavy in this. Film. And what's what I liked about this movie? It's not so much about where we're going with mm-hmm. this movie. It's about the journey because you know basically what's going to happen at the end of this movie. You know we've seen movies that are similar to this. Um, for me, it was like you know, and I think I said this with the trailer. Oh, this looks like a like a modern update version of like the Wicker Man. Um, but, like, I didn't realize, oh, it's also kind of like Texas Change Hall Massacre at the same time. Like, is this, like, cocktail mm-hmm. of those two, you know, fantastic, almost like four no, that's, I think that's a perfect description. You know, um, but maybe, you know, like, doused with, like, acid at the same time. <laughs> you know, because this movie does feel like an acid trip throughout the whole mm-hmm. film. Just the visuals alone, you know, the fact that this entire movie takes place in broad daylight you know, once they get to where they're going. Um, It's just a really stunning and just awesome choice, you know? And it really, it makes the movie feel more haunting. Like, for me, like, this isn't a scary movie per se, you know? And that's weird as a huge horror movie fan because, Mm -hmm. of course, you want your your horror movies to be scary. This is more of a disturbing movie. Yes, absolutely. You know, and very much, like, Hereditary for me, I think was probably scarier, Yes. Um, you know, I guess, and we shouldn't really compare. It's not a sequel to that movie, but um, well, I mean, that's, but at the, that's the only time, major work that you have seen of it. Yes, correct? to reference. Yes. Um, for me, though, this movie was just as disturbing mm-hmm. as Hereditary. Um, just the way that I kind of dived into, like you know, relationships and you know, codependency, and just once again seeing you know such a perfect portrayal of like grief you know on screen and everything like how real it Mm -hmm. felt you know when our you know main character is going through what she's going through um and just being in this awkward situation of this you know relationship this unhealthy relationship and you know the boyfriend trying to kind of like pull it together and be the good guy um you know i i found very interesting like a, a really cool like dynamic you know, between the characters. Um, but, you know, once we get to, I believe, they're in Sweden, right? Yeah. Okay, once we get to, you know, to where they're going and everything like that, I mean, just discovering everything that we're discovering, you know, throughout, you know, and being on this journey with the characters is, is so dreamlike. And just, you know, you know everything's out of sorts, but there's nothing you can do about it. Um and it really just takes you just really just off your game because you're like, okay, wait, what the fuck is going on here? You know, we know things aren't right, you know, but these characters are still going through everything. I like the fact that they use the whole um, anthropology, you know, angle mm. to keep them there because it's like, you know, they, they meet up with other, you know, you know, um, friends of, you know, that one of the, I guess they basically have, you know, family members who go out and scout, yeah. you know, victims. 
they meet up with another group who have been brought into this, you know, pagan ritual, and they're reacting appropriately to yes. what they're seeing. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, our group that we're following aren't, you know, and I didn't know, at first I was like, is this a commentary on, you know, the United States, American citizens, like how they're like so numb to everything? You know, like, I kind of got that vibe at first, but then I was like, well, also you have the whole idea that they're here, you know, trying to figure out their thesis and, you know, at the same time, you know, it's a perfect hook where, you know, when shit hits the fan, these characters are more intrigued by everything that's going on than, like, we need to get the fuck out of here. They're trying to absorb another culture and not disrespect it and like because they're just i mean their excuse for everything is you know this is what they do yes you know yes we can't judge them for something that they believe in and yes i love the fact that when ariaster does violence it matters you know he doesn't sit there and gloss over it Mm -hmm. you know um it's in your face and it's it feels real you know you get every ounce of it um, he doesn't rely on jump scares, you know, but what he does well is he shows you reactions first, you know, characters are reacting to something, and then he shows you what the hell they're actually seeing. Because you almost like feel like, oh, uh, okay, we're just seeing the character's reaction. We're not going to get, you know, what, you know, the full idea of what's actually going on. And then he puts it in your face and he lingers on it. And holds the camera there so you see everything that's happening. I know I'm talking completely vaguely <laughs> right now. But there's a scene in particular where I was like, how the hell is in this movie NC-17? You know, like, I was like, wow, that's that's probably one of the most gruesome, like, deaths I've seen on the screen. And it's not like it went away. Like, they didn't cut away from it at all. You know, if not, they came back to it multiple times. So I, I was really surprised, you know, that it did. I'm glad it didn't have, you know, but I was like, what does like A24 have over <laughs> you know, the NBA that they can get, you know, this movie into? No, like, the, the film really did push the envelope of what you can show and like what, especially like everything that we've heard from the censorship, like of what they've been, like what they usually will put in a rated R film and what they will cut out of. Yes. Like this, this really did push the envelope. And I, I totally agree with that. Because, like, you hear, I've heard mm-hmm. multiple directors in different interviews, like horror directors, talk about, like, oh, I had to change, like, you know, one small, like, there was just a little too much blood, mm-hmm. you know, in this one scene. So I had to, like, cut it by, like, two seconds, you know, like, things, little things like that. I was like, okay, like, going off of that, like, how did this possibly <laughs> get into the theater, you know? I could argue um, that it's a lot more. Ari Esther has a very artistic approach to everything. Whereas a lot of modern directors might just like, it just looks like gore porn rather than... And maybe people are considering this more of a work of art. Yes. You know, this is definitely art house horror. You know, I kind of hate that phrase, but you know, it is what Mm -hmm. it is. Um, You know, and I'm glad that at least it's getting itself out there into theaters and at least, you know, getting the exposure that it deserves. Because this is, I feel like this is, you know, a piece mm-hmm. of art, a work of art. You know, it's not just, you know, a, a, you know, another slasher movie or something like that or a Final Destination movie. And those movies are great. I love them all. But this is definitely, you know, a, a piece of, of art. Um, 
you know, what he's doing here. Um, and I, I've seen him in interviews. He's like, I just do what I want to see out of a horror movie. And that's great. You know, so, and the, yeah, exactly, mm. exactly. I'm not going to worry about what, you know, casual fans might want to see, if this is too much, you know, I'm going to do what I want to see as a horror fan. Um, oh, that's what I always appreciate most from directors like that. They, mm-hmm. they put out the film that they want to put out. It's not really about what the studio wants, what other people are picking apart. This is the film I made. Mm-hmm. I will edit it if I have to. Yes. But beyond that... Now, it sounds like mm-hmm. we had a news story that actually just came out today as we're recording that he did have to cut some things out. I'm like, what the fuck did you have to cut out? Because <laughs> <laughs> it feels like you left everything uh-huh. up there. Because there might actually be an NC-17 release of the film, too. So where he had to edit some things down, mm-hmm. I was like, what the fuck does that look like, even? You know, what kind of nightmare? You know, what <laughs> did you have, you know, in your, like, final cut that you couldn't, like, release to the general public? Um, so I didn't read the full article, though. I don't know if that was going to be something on a Blu-ray release or if that was something they were actually going to put back into the theaters. Um, I'm not sure, but I wonder who would run it, you know? Yeah. Because <laughs> well, with NC-17, yeah, the, mm-hmm. the marketing's different. I think there's a certain time that you can play the films. You know, I, I don't know if it has to be evenings or mm-hmm. something. I'm not sure how that works. Um, you know, and like only certain theaters will play it, you know? So, yeah, no, I would be curious, though, to see what that movie looks like. But, you know, once again, you know, I feel like this is a movie that gives me what I want as a horror movie fan, where it actually affects you, you know, like it lingers in your mind, you know, for a couple of days after you like watch the movie. Yeah, yeah. I do feel like that being said, I do feel like it had some second act problems. I feel like pacing was an issue with the second act. Um, there's one particular scene, you know, which is kind of like the scene that gets the ball rolling. And I understand, like, a lot of it, it's the, you know, the um, final meal scene, I'll say, okay. in the second act for, you know, a couple of the characters, um, you know, that leads to the big, like, you know, revelation and everything. Um, it, it, it feels like a 15, 20-minute scene. You know, um, and like everything else leading up to that felt very like, I was like, okay, I get it. You know, we're kind of strolling through this, you know, new world and we're getting accustomed to everything. But it just, it felt like, you know, it started to like lose me a little here and there. No, I understand. Um, So, and I I understood what he was doing. It was definitely, I mean, this whole movie's a slow burn and I love those movies. I love 70s style slow burn horror movies. But it was like a little too, like we kind of like slowed down to like a crawl at one point. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I get it. I think and at that point I through... was super invested though in uh, what was going on with just the people in general. Yes. So I, it didn't bother me too much, but I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. It I, slows down. You go, like they're right literally now. taking you step by step through the mm. ritual that they're going through. Yeah. It's like, okay, I, I get it. You know, I was like, but okay, <laughs> let's go. And maybe because I had to go to the bathroom. Like, I literally had to go to the bathroom, like, maybe oh. half hour to the and I held it the entire time. Because I felt like, I mean, because he doesn't follow a normal formula. So I was like, God, I can't, like, you, like with most movies, like, okay, here we go. This is a down point. I can run to the bathroom mm-hmm. and come back. Because <laughs> I'm old and I've got a small bladder at this point. But I was like, there's no point in this movie where I feel like I can, you know, run to the yeah. and be safe, you know, where I won't miss something. <laughs> Um, nightmarish so um 
All right. So how how did you feel, Christian? I I enjoyed it for the most part, mm-hmm. but I feel like I was let down a little bit by this film. I, I went into it with really high expectations, which okay. is probably my own damn fault. But, but it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> like I had the you know I was super excited for this film, just like you did, because Heredit- Hereditary was fucking amazing. Yes, it was perfect. Um, I I enjoy everything cinematically. I think Ariester is doing God's work behind that camera. Yeah. Um, I, I just did not care for the characters. Yeah. And the story, you know, wrapped around these characters just didn't do it for me. Everything else that was going like, I became so much more invested in the people. And eventually I just got, was rooting for them to do all the things that they were doing. Mm-hmm. So I just, I want to see what they're doing. I'm tired of the drama between these guys. The fact that, um, like what the main character is a psychology major, but she can't read a goddamn room. Ever in this film, but she obviously has some serious like anxiety, like issues yeah. too. Though it almost feels like she can read the room too well. You know, maybe, but I don't know. There were there was decisions she was making that seemed pretty obvious. Though the the boyfriend is an asshole throughout this. So which okay, let's talk about the boyfriend quickly because mm. I, I felt like at first he felt like you know a good guy stuck in a shitty relationship and was trying to do like the right thing like, yeah. he's about like he's on the verge of breaking up with her and this horror horrifying like event horrific event happens um where it, it feels like he's kind of feels forced to stay with her mm-hmm. he's trying to be supportive and everything but then there's a point in the second act where like you know the ritual happens and it's like he takes this complete turn, I feel like, where, like, you know, she's freaking out over what she just saw. And, like, mm-hmm. he's all of a sudden, like, arguing about, like, his thesis with his buddy. I'm like, wait a second. Like, I was like, are we seeing his true colors? You know, is he reacting to the trauma? Just, like, you know, like, trying to, like, you know, he goes into this yeah. weird stage of, like, denial, or... There's this big point where it definitely just feels like he doesn't care about her feelings whatsoever. This no, he's over it. Yes. At this point. Yes. he's Because he, I mean, mm-hmm. basically, he traps himself into bringing her there. Um, So, I don't, I, I think maybe I related to the characters more just because I've seen relationships like that. You know, so it's like, oh, I know this relationship. Oh, I've been I've there. Been. <laughs> Chris is like, I've been in that relationship. So I, I felt like, okay, no, I get this relationship. Mm-hmm. So I totally understood, you know. And I wanted, I think I was more on her side, you know, the entire time. It was like, I just wanted her to get the fuck away from him and like move. Like, I knew it was obviously the wrong choice to go with, the, you know, the cult guy, you know, mm-hmm. the Swedish friend who was obviously part of this cult and everything. <laughs> That was headhunting for victims. That was another thing. It's but I was like, no, go with him. Mm. <laughs> that was another thing. I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily, like, I could, I could tell where each thing was going in a way. Mm. Where I wasn't, like, I wasn't shocked. I was still, trust me, this was just, I was disturbed the entire time uh-huh. watching it. But nothing was ever, there was never this point where all this suspense, all this build up, all this slow burn. Mm-hmm. I never felt that punctuation at the end. And that's because I, mm-hmm. I at this point like I, I feel like after they show like um, a certain animal, uh, I was pretty sure where this was going. Yes, you know, well, and literally it tells <laughs> you on the wall. Yeah, like if you like, they would show you something, and there's like basically mm-hmm. 
I don't know what, how to describe it. Almost like hier- hieroglyphics. Hieroglyphics, um, yeah. where they... and All over the cabin. The way that they wrote things. stories and stuff yes, like that. Um, like, they would show you something, and then, like, ten minutes later, it would actually happen. Like, um, I'm not going to get into it, but the, the love story that they that they yes. highlight With early the on... Yes. yes. Um, I thought that could have been executed in a completely different way. Or at least with... Like, I didn't think... It felt way too obvious the way that they were doing it. Mm-hmm. And I hated that it went on the boyfriend instead of, like... I feel like they wasted one of the characters' um, deaths by not showing it at all and not, like, um, involving him in that love story instead. Oh. Like, I, th- I thought, like... I know who you're talking about. Yeah. I thought maybe they would have shown that experience with that and that would have been able to, like, have each character going through a different, um, you know, horrific experience through this rather than, like, you know, he kind of just pisses some people off and that's about it. That was a hilarious scene, though. (laughs) What was the tree called? Um, It was, like, the ashes of, like, their... All their loved ones? Yes. (laughs) And spoilers, he pisses on it. Yes. So, (laughs) shit doesn't go right for him Mm. after that. But Um, they built up before that. Yes. I like the reveal. I like the reveal of that. I yes. thought that was a fantastic. Reveal. It was disturbing, but so, nothing ever but you missed, punched she was me. was such an obnoxious character. Mm-hmm. For me, the one like critique I would have was like, yes, I would almost like to because he's so obnoxious and this sounds morbid, but I would like to see him actually, you know, kick the can on the screen. Yes. <laughs> and I don't know if that's just a, um, a reflection of me not liking the characters at that point. Because mm-hmm. at that point, I'm like, I, I'm not with them. I'm not I don't really care about where they're going. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's why I'm more like, hey, man, just show me some axing, you know? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> like almost a Friday the 13th movie. Yeah. You know, where you know, the, the, the that's, characters are disposable. Mm-hmm. You know, that's at that point, you know, but I'm not upset at all with that. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, I feel like there's just little things that would have made that ending more point for me and made that story i'm trying to be as vague yeah it's hard it's hard we don't want to spoil the movie Mm -hmm. because i do feel like people need if they're horror movie fans this is a movie you definitely need to and i definitely if you're going to experience i would see it on that huge ass screen yes don't wait for it to be (laughs) you know go to the movie Mm -hmm. theaters and support fucking horror movies like this regardless how you feel about the movie at the end you know get out there and let studios know that you know hey make more movies up you know like this the sheer like audacity of what we're getting on the screen mm-hmm. you know stuff that i would never like maybe like some you know on blu-ray you know straight to like you know dvd release or something like that you know but i would never think that i would be able to sit in a theater and see you know the visuals that we we're getting on the screen um you know and we did and you know i thought it was fucking ballsy and should be you know commended that you know that you have a director who's willing to take risks. Yes. Because, I mean, if it goes wrong or if it's not the masterpiece that he wants, you know, that could be it for his fucking career. It's only his second film. Um, I just, I, there was points where I was at, I was feeling like, is he trying to just one-up Hereditary with a lot of, I, this is my own personal, like, how I, I left it. Because I left the theater, you know, in this feeling of, like, almost how I left um, The Last Jedi, where I was trying to figure out did I like the film or did I not like the film? Mm-hmm. And because there's so, I love all the concepts. I love the visuals and everything. 
just the story wasn't doing it for me. Mm-hmm. And I and it, I just there was points where I felt like was he just trying to be shocking and I don't think that and disturbing, but no, that doesn't sound like no. it doesn't feel like that in, no. either. Yeah, I don't feel like that he's that kind of director. And just unfortunately for me, at at the end of the day. The stuff I didn't like about it, especially with the storylines and the mm-hmm. characters, just outweighed for me the visuals and the like perfect mm-hmm. amount of disturbingness that it was. See, I thought Florence Pugh's like performance was so fucking like mesmerizing mm-hmm. because you really feel like she's going through like the the grief that she's portraying on the screen. Um, just her whole fucking like tailspin, you know, breakdown, especially at the end of the film, like I, I thought was phenomenal. Um, you know, I, I'm really impressed, you know, with her. <laughs> um, so I was really excited to, once I realized, oh, this is the, the chick that's going to be in a Black Widow oh. <laughs> You know, I know she played Paige yes. and um, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what the hell's the name of the movie? The Fighting movie? With My Family. But, but she got, like, weird reviews for that. Oh. She did, so. <laughs> but now I see why. So <laughs> I thought it was a hell of a performance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I just, I love the fact that, like, when they're, especially when they're, like, fucking drugged, and they're, you know, like, you feel like as a, I don't know, as, you know, an audience member, you feel like you're going on this trip with them. And keep an eye open when you're watching those sequences, because there's so much going on. Yes. Um, did you catch the mother? Yeah. In the ones that, I thought that was phenomenal. Um, you know, and those were the moments that actually got me the most. There's the one where she's having the bad trip in the very beginning where all of a sudden she's seen her family mm-hmm. sitting there watching TV and the sister just like subtly like, you know, looks over at her like that fucking scent like chills down my fucking spine. You know, it's just like little touches like that that does it for me as a horror movie. Uh, one thing that he does really well is take little things, you know, subtle things like just noises mm-hmm. and he makes it terrifying. You know, like little, like in Hereditary, there was like the clicking noise yes. that we got from the little girl. Um, in this movie, it's the breathing, the strange breathing, which was yes. driving me nuts. The breathing, yes, throughout. No, because it was it was just disturbing. It's like, yeah, why do they have to do this every time? <laughs> so for you, it was it just like was the movie just so disturbing that it was hard to enjoy at times? No, I I enjoyed the disturbance. It's just the, the story. <laughs> didn't have the punctuation that I thought it was should would, would have had. Or okay. you know. How did you feel about the actual ending of the story? Like the conclusion of it? Um Did you find that satisfying at all? I I liked where her where the character ends up. Mm-hmm. Um but at the same time I just thought there was going to be so much more. Like I felt like there was so much build up and I just didn't get And I love how his movies are like so far or like a roller coaster where you're mm-hmm. just kind of like going up the tracks, going up the tracks, and then all of a sudden you fucking go downhill, and you know you're on this fucking ride, and you're you, there's no getting off, um, you know, because um, it definitely feels like it's just escalating, escalating, mm-hmm. and then you just take that fucking dive. Um, so you thought there would be the dive was too small for me. Okay, if I, if if that's a good way to add to your metaphor. Okay. There you go. <laughs> You thought you were on the Big Dipper, but you were on the Little Dipper. Yes. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, check out the movie. You know, mm-hmm. definitely. You know, you know, be you know, judge for yourself. Um, but I, it's definitely for 
any horror movie fan, you know, true horror movie fan, yes. it's definitely worth seeing. Mm-hmm. So, so Christian, if you had to give it a rating, I'm going to give it three and a half. Okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to give it four. So I'm I'm going to give it a solid four. You know, mm-hmm. four and a half. I'm going to say four. I'm going to say four. All right. So, um, but yeah. So let's move on. All right. Well, now that we're out of horror. Let's, yes. let's swing into something new. <laughs> Completely got... the complete opposite side of the yes. spectrum. Uh, Spider-Man came out while I was out of town. Uh-huh. Far from home. <laughs> yes. I don't think Tony would have done what he did if he didn't know that you were going to be here after he was gone. You gonna be the next Iron Man now? Well, no, I don't have time. I'm too busy doing your jobs. What? I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Look, keep up the good work. Because I am going on vacation. My impressions of the film were just... If you... This was the perfect sequel to what they had already done. Mm -hmm. You know, I... I liked... You know, I knew it was gonna be... Like, spoilers. Mysterio was going to be the bad guy. Yeah, pretty... spoilers up front. Spoilers. Yes. Are, we're not. This is a midsummer. Yes. <laughs> spoilers across the board. Um, I was disappointed that there's no like no like confirmed multiverse mm. yet. <laughs> well, you you had an idea. Yes. That wasn't be <laughs> they're an actual thing. They're throwing it out there, but you know. Yeah. The like relationships with everything in this film were really good. I I love what they did with uh, his best friend mm-hmm. meeting the girl on the plane. Mad, yes. I, Right after like this whole confrontation of like oh we're gonna be single and everything. Yes. Um, Mary Jane does a great job in this film. Um, she's not actually called Mary Jane in this. No, it's MJ. Just MJ. MJ. Yeah. What? What's I don't her actual actually name? remember. I don't remember. They just refer to her as MJ. MJ. I don't even remember the character's actual name. I actually, um, you know, their chemistry just continues to build, and yes. I think uh, it really was popping off in this film. Yes, and I, I like that they gave her a lot more to do mm. in this film too, because she was just kind of in the background yes. in the last film. So um, I, I definitely enjoyed the, you know, she had more to do, and you know, we got to develop that relationship. More. I think I was just mostly surprised by how much they were committing to Mysterio being the good guy at the beginning of this film. Like, there's a big chunk. Like, it's not just like the first 10 minutes or so. Uh, it's like, just keeps going and going and going. But and he's building onto that line. I'd love that. He was so, like, lovable, mm-hmm. though. Like, you watched it. Like, <laughs> a part of me, like, wanted him to be the hero. Even though I knew. Like, I've been uh-huh. reading comic books all my life. I knew he's a villain. I, I know that he's a villain. And I, it was like, there's, you know, there's no doubt that the turn is coming. Mm-hmm. But he was so likable. Like, oh, can't you just be friends with Peter and, like, be his new mentor. Like... Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal just knocked it out of the park. Absolutely. So just so much way better stuff. than I thought it was going to be. Really? Okay. Are you not a fan of Jake Jake Gyllenhaal? I, I go back and forth. Really? You know, it's uh, fucking Darko, man. <laughs> <laughs> you better recognize. Darko. He did a great job in Nightcrawler. Uh-huh. He's done a lot of great films. Yeah. I, just, I, I don't know. What's your beef? <laughs> <laughs> Is he too pretty for you? No, I. <laughs> Um, but I think the part I loved most about this film was um, the mind sequences, like where he's just tripping up Peter throughout the entire time. Yes, and I love that we didn't get any of that in the trailer because mm-hmm. it was almost, once again, as a hardcore comic book fan and a Spider-Man fan, I almost kind of forgot about you know Mysterio's power set, which is ridiculous to say because he's pretty much Spider-Man's version of Scarecrow. Mm-hmm. I mean, what he can do and how he can manipulate. He taps into Peter's fears, you know, constantly. And they nailed that on the screen. Yes. Because it's so cinematic, you know, like that power set and 
Um, so I, I, I really appreciate mm-hmm. what they did. And I think that, that makes me excited for what they could do with Doctor Strange and Nightmare going mm-hmm. forward. Yes, absolutely. You know, like absolutely. that, those types of visuals, them fighting in that as well would be amazing. <laughs> yes, as long as they get the same people. Yes. You know? <laughs> well, but yeah, John Watts, I mean, he just gets mm-hmm. this character. He really does. Um, you know, for me, I mean, this was basically, you know, a, a comic book come to life. And that's what I want when I go see these movies. Yes. So this was very much a Spider-Man comic book, you know, on the big screen. Um, you know, Tom Holland, once again, he is the living embodiment of Peter Parker. Um, we got a lot more Peter Parker than Spider-Man, but I was fine with that in this film. Um, I love the, the heel turn mm-hmm. Mysterio. I love the new origin that they gave him. The fact that they tied him into Tony Stark, you know, yes. um, just made perfect sense. Because um, he can't just be an effects guy. You know, that's what he is in, you know, the 616, uh-huh. where he's just this, like, Hollywood effects guy gone wrong and everything like that. He wants to be, like, originally, I think he wanted to be, like, a big Hollywood star. Um, but, you know, this just, it makes so much sense. And the fact that he had this whole team around him of people who've been scorned by Tony Stark. Uh-huh. I mean, Tony Stark is still the villain in these movies, you know, after his death. But that also you know? plays with the whole theme of, like, Oh, who's the next Iron Man? Who's going Absolutely. to fill in the It's a mantle? perfect parallel. Yes. You know, it, it, that's why it's so smart. Mm-hmm. And so, like, because you have that layer there, um, you know, where Peter hands off, you know, spoilers once again, you know, Tony, you know, gives him these, his glasses, basically, that are basically tech that has this insane power of, it's connected to all of his Stark satellites, mm. and he could basically rain down a war on anyone he chooses, which is just crazy that he has it to a fucking six-year-old, but it is what it uh, is. <laughs> um, but Peter is so convinced by this, you know, by Mysterio, by Quentin Beck, um, and so almost desperate to find another mentor, you know. You could see that he's seen Tony in him, mm-hmm. um, that he hands the glasses over to him. Um, you know, which sounds completely outrageous, but at the same time, it worked, you know, um, you know, and it just, it, it goes into that great reveal, you know, in the bar that I just, I love so much and everything. Um, you, I, you knew it was coming, you know, that's a thing, you know, once again, like midsummer almost, you know, it's not so much about where you end up. It's the journey, mm. um, you know, cause I, I think knowing what I knew about Mysterio, Part of me, when he was announced and everything like that, and I saw the way that they were marketing and everything like that, I wasn't disappointed, but I was like, okay, well, I know what's going to happen. I know the big reveal, you know, but like, I was like, okay, well, what's going to be the second reveal? You know, what's going to be that next level reveal? Because there has to be something else. It can't mm-hmm. just be like, oh, Mysterio is actually a villain. Um, what did you think about like the use of the, the elementals and everything? I thought that was... It made sense. Like, that's what I predicted was, oh, he's just projecting yes. elementals to be around. Yes. They're not actually there. Yeah. Which I'm glad. Hmm. Because it just would have been, like, a misuse of, you know, those other great characters and everything like that. I'm glad they didn't, like, actually name, like, Sandman or anything like that. Yeah. Um, you know, so they can save him. I don't give a shit about Hydro Man or Molten Man. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, how did you feel about Nick Fury? Which part of Nick Fury? Yeah, well, <laughs> through the film, what I loved about this, mm. and once again, spoilers, was like through this film, I was like, man, this is the most like 
Sam Jackson version of Nick Fury we've ever gotten. Like, he feels just like a rabid dog with Peter, like, at times, mm. where he's just fucking cold and everything, and he's just spouting out one-liners and shit. Like, I was like, I don't know if we've ever had Nick Fury, like, on 10 like this. Um, I would say this was similar to his Captain Marvel. He's more goofy in Captain True. Marvel, though, mm-hmm. where this is just, like, that kind of, like, you know, like, our first introduction of Nick Fury we got in the Iron Man movies, but then, like, on 10. You know, like, you know, his character in Pulp Fiction almost. Mm-hmm. Um, just swearing to Peter and shit. Like, um, but the reveal at the end, I almost felt like, oh, that makes sense. Because it's someone playing yes. what they would think Samuel L. <laughs> Jack, you know, what Nick Fury it's a caricature like. of Yes, Nick exactly. Fury. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, like, oh, that's smart. That makes sense. You know, I think that's what they're going for. Maybe not. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, and for people who don't know, we find out that. Talos, I yes. believe, is the scroll's name, mm. is actually playing Nick Fury. We don't know why. You know, we see Nick Fury at the end. The the final bumper at the end um, is on a space station, um, surrounded by humans and scrolls alike. Um, you know, for me as like a longtime Marvel fan, I start thinking like, are you, are we being introduced to like Sword? You know, which is basically mm-hmm. the you know space version of Shield, um, which would be fantastic. Or what? Like, I think now they have like Alpha Flight. You know, it's like yes. they're kind of their they're space force, um, which would be really cool. And it tells you, you know, probably setting up the next, you know, chapter, you know, phase four. Um, so I enjoyed that. Like, I didn't feel cheated, you know, by, you know, Nick Fury. Not being, and I think at the beginning, I was predicting when the, we saw our first trailer, I thought Nick Fury wasn't actually in the movie. But I thought it was actually going to be Mysterio, Mysterio yes. fucking with Peter. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I was fine with that. You know, I, I thought that made sense and everything for where they were going. Um, I love that the movie play. It, it's basically a high school comedy, yeah, disguised as a superhero. <laughs> um, I think, and I love it because that's what that's what mm. the Spider Man books w- were like. You know, especially like the Ultimate Spider Man, you know, book. Because like, obviously, I wasn't reading the books in the sixties, and, and, and technically, Peter wasn't even in high school very long. You know, story wise. Um, but you know, when Michael. You know, uh, Brian Michael Bendez, like, you know, started doing Ultimate Spider-Man. He captured, you know, that younger Peter Parker so well. And this is what I feel like we're getting, you know, in mm-hmm. these movies. You know, we're really getting to see his journey and him, like, coming into this hero and, like, playing with the idea. He's actually reacting like a kid where, like, he needs to save the world, but he really needs to go kiss this girl, you know, at the same time. Yes. You know, and he's, like, torn. And, like, part of that, I'm sure, is, like... The trauma that he's gone through with, like, losing, you know, Tony Stark and everything, mm-hmm. um, that's all there. You know, I, I feel like, yes, this is a great, you know, sequel to Homecoming, but it's also a great epilogue to, you know, Endgame at the same time. We get to see the world afterwards, you know. I love the use of just visuals, too, that um, John Watts does, where he's got Tony Stark in the background of yes. so many shots. <laughs> But it's basically like, you know, just the memory of Tony's almost haunting Peter at the Mm -hmm. same time where he's having to constantly feel like he has to live up to Tony Stark, Um, you know, and it's just such a Peter Parker thing, you know, to have to go through that, you know, where he's like, because, you know, in the books, he's always constantly trying to live up to the legacy of his Uncle Ben, you know, and like stay on course, you know, the the course that, you know, Ben sets him on, basically. It was another story of, you know, the responsibilities of being a hero. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And whether or not he 
wants to take on, you know, the mantle mm. not of actual Iron Man, but, you know, being like, you know, the best hero he could possibly be. Do you feel like the mantle was passed on? Um, in a way, I feel like it, it was kind of a tale of two stories where, yeah, he's going to be taking on, you know, he's willing to accept that responsibility, but he's going to be his own hero at the same mm-hmm. time. So uh, I thought it was a really touching moment between him and um, Happy Hogan, you know, in the plane. I thought yes. it was a great scene, um, you know, because we're in the heat of the action and everything. And we get this moment between those two characters. We're like, oh, yeah, that's right. We're in this movie. Um, you know, you know, we're still dealing with this loss. Um, I thought that was awesome, you know, and then like, you know, seeing, you know, Happy's face when Peter starts going through all the tech and everything that, you know, Tony's left there, you know, trying to design another suit for mm-hmm. himself. I thought that was great. And I thought that was a great setup, you know, for him, you know, it's, it, the fact that he's got basically like a bad cave with wings, you know, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, and we'll see what happens with all that now. Um, so how did you feel about the reveal at the end where, you know, we're getting this happy ending, <laughs> he's swinging through the streets uh. with the girl that he's finally got, um, you know, he kisses her goodbye and he's off and then all of a sudden, you know, news break, or, you know, um, I, I liked it a lot cause that makes, I'm like. Where the hell is this going to go from here? Yes. In this universe, you know? Exactly. Um, and then I also, I still don't think he's dead. Mysterio. Oh, absolutely not. No, yeah, yeah. no I agree 100%. <laughs> but I love that, you know, in a roundabout way, the villain actually won at the end. It's mm-hmm. a typical, like, Spider-Man story. You know, Peter just has that Parker luck. He always <laughs> ends up getting, you know, gut punched at the end of the story, regardless, you know, of him saving the day. Um, you know, he's on the top of the world and then right away, you know, they pull the rug from underneath him. Um, you know, he lands flat on his face and it just leaves you in this place where like, where the fuck are they going now? Like, what's the next movie going to look like? Mm. Um, you know, which I think is awesome because you, you, they could have played it safe. They could have ended the movie there and be like, okay, you know, and, but no, you're like, you have all these questions now where you're like, what the fuck is going on? And I like that they're pulling from different spider-man storylines at the same time mm-hmm. you know um you know there's a part you, there's a, a time where you know peter does unmask himself right after civil war and the, the comics and everything and you know he has to deal with the aftermath you know um of that like you know everything that comes with that you know that reveal um so i mean obviously this time it's not his choice um you know and it's going to be curious to see how it's going to affect him, you know, cause he's in the middle, like he's going to be a senior, you know, and I thought we we're going to get this whole like graduation movie mm. and, you know, you know, c- coming into his own and everything like that. But no, it feels like we're going to get a completely different movie now. It still might be called Spider-Man graduation. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Spider-Man on the run. <laughs> so Spider-Man um, the dark Knight. <laughs> and how about getting uh, JJ? Like yes. Back. Oh my god. <laughs> I was totally surprised. What's the actor's name? J.K. Simmons? Yeah. Is that really his mm-hmm. And the fact that they got J.K. Simmons back. I was like, there was no way in hell that they were going to bring him back. It's perfect, though. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. I mean, and I love that they updated the Daily Bugle and everything. Yes. And that's actually from the comics. There's a point in the book where um, J.J. loses the Bugle. And then he goes on to have this talk show very similar to what you oh, see okay. 
um, where it's like this whole like, you know, just kind of like garbage and choir type like news and everything. And it's him following all these crazy fucking stories and everything. Um, but yeah, so that's actually straight from the source material, which I thought was really cool. Um, you know, I hope that he sticks around too, that we get to see more of him mm -hmm. in, you know, um, the third movie. So, um, it'll be interesting to see too, like how this will affect the other MCU movies, or if it has any effect, you know, if we're going to see any kind of like, you know, Spider-Man wanted posters or anything like that in the background, or if they're going to choose to just kind of keep it in the movies for right now. Because for me, I thought, okay, well, I know they're going to eventually announce another Avengers movie, and there's no way that they do that without Spider-Man at this point. Um, but now maybe not. You know, maybe they don't go that route. Well, we got to see the, what the slate is, you know? Yes, exactly. When Which they we that. should be finding out shortly. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing we're going to probably get an idea of the schedule at Hall H this year. So either that or D23. D23, yeah. Mm -hmm. Although they, it sounds like they've got some big things planned for, you know, and maybe this is just me wishing <laughs> <laughs> that we get some big things, but you know, they're keeping things like tight under wraps, mm -hmm. you know? So I'm hoping that we kind of see, you know, the next slate for the, you know, phase four for the next like couple of years at least. So, but, um, yeah, man, like I said, I mean, just, they really knocked it out of the park. Yes. You know, they get the character. They're staying true to who Spider-Man is. Um, and they're taking the source material seriously, which I love. You know, they just get the essence of Peter Parker. Um, you know, so I, I hope that Wes comes back for the next film. You know, I hope they've signed him up. You know. I would hope so. Right? Because, I mean, he's. I'd love to see him, like, tackle, like, a champion's um, movie. That would be great. Or even a Young Avengers. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like they're probably going to go Young Avengers before Champions. Um, but I would love to see that. That'd be fantastic. You know, because he really does high school well. You know, younger characters well. So. Do you think Ned ever turns into a Hobgoblin? No. <laughs> I hope not. I hope not. Because no. he's more ganky than he is really Ned from the comics. Mm -hmm. I heard a lot of people, like, you know, writing... Well, I saw a lot of people writing articles about it and everything like that. I was like, there's no way. That would make no fucking sense whatsoever. So, if they do, that has to be in, like, you know, the sixth film or something like that. Because he's just not on that track right mm -hmm. at all right now. I love that they did hook him up with Betty, though, because she's a big part of that whole storyline. So, I mean, I know the relationship ends once they get off the plane, which is fantastic. But... <laughs> <laughs> just such a high school film. It really is. <laughs> You know, just with one of the characters running around in a costume shooting uh -huh. webs. <laughs> but that's what the Spider-Man book was, well, you know, when done right. Mm, so what would you give this film out of five stars? I would probably give out four and a half, I'm going to say. I agree with you. Yeah, I'm going to say four and a half. You stole my number. You know. I introduced the halves and now you're just taking advantage no, I think you introduced the quarters. Oh, I have. yes. Always been, I haven't used the quarter yet. I might get there, though. <laughs> yeah, no, four and a half stars. Um, they've, Like I said, they've really hit a home run with just, yes. you know, these movies in general and who, who Spider-Man is. So and bravo. Man, hopefully happy, you know, gets to be happy in a relationship without me. She seems to kind of like... Do you summer fling? Think they use, <laughs> I think they'll use that to dive more into Uncle Ben. Oh, okay. Because they haven't really, like, you caught the suitcase. Well, yeah. You know, everything. With we them. caught that when so we talked trailers, man. Yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I forgot, honestly. <laughs> um, 
So I feel like they're gonna definitely use that as a vehicle to dive into like Peter's relationship with Ben and everything, gotcha. and what he means to him. So I feel like you can do a deeper dive now with that. You know, I don't want him to go too deep. You mm-hmm. know, they don't need a full flashback scene or anything like that. But it's definitely something there that they've left to explore, um, which I think is awesome. So you know, bravo. Yes. Who would you want as the next villain? Well, that question actually brings me to probably the one slight disappointment I had with the film because we had all the rumors what before about Osborne? the film about Osborne. Mm-hmm. I'm really jonesing for them to introduce Norman Osborne into the MCU. I thought they would at least tease it, you know? Just an Oscorp sign. That's all you'd have to do, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I'm hoping that Norman is somehow introduced. I don't think he'll be in the next film, though. I could see them... I've heard people talk about like Craven. Um, there's a Shield agent there who um, has the same name as Chameleon, who's actually uh, Craven's um, brother. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting that they um, the, the Russian agent yeah. who's driving the bus. Um, I can't think of his name right now. Me neither, but that wasn't. I saw that as an Easter egg. Yeah, um, and I don't know if he was meant to be Chameleon. But, you know, it definitely introduces the possibility of that character existing in this world. And if he is on the run, it makes sense for him to be hunted by someone like Craven. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe there's like a warrant out or a bounty on his head or something. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, Dr. Octopus is always a, a staple, you know, mm-hmm. a fantastic character, too. He's got such a rich rogues gallery. That's hard for them to go wrong <laughs> unless they do Rhino or something. You know, <laughs> um, you know he, it's probably second to only Batman's Rogue Gallery, mm-hmm. honestly. So, I mean. But if they could get, um, not Falcon. Um, Vulture? Vulture, correct. I mean, yeah. maybe Rhino and could be the next Don't big sleep boss. on Vulture being in the next one because he was rumored to be in this one. Mm-hmm. They were saying that there was like a cameo shot or something like that. And you've got Scorpion. They introduced mm. basically Scorpion in, in the first one at the end. Um, so, you know, maybe we do get, you know, Sony's like big wish of, you know, a Sinister Six like movie down the line. Um, we'll see. We'll see though. I'd love to see like Vulture's reaction though to his identity, you know, being out there now. So, um, you know, because he was actually keeping it safe. Mm. So, we'll see. We'll see. All right, damn it, let's talk some wrestling. Christian, you like podcasts. I love them. I love podcasts. Have you heard of this new PodCoin app? No, I haven't heard of it. It's available for iPhones and Androids right now. It actually pays you to listen to podcasts. Really? Yes, yes. You get digital currency for listening to your favorite podcasts. But what could I even use digital currency on? Gift cards, um, Amazon, Starbucks. I believe they even have Target. Um, you can also use that digital currency to donate to your favorite charity if you want. Wow. If really? you're actually a good person, unlike yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to really look into this. I listen to a lot of podcasts, damn it. Me like too. Daily. And I mean, you might as well get paid for it, right? Exactly. Uh, and right now, if you go ahead and use the promo code NerdShow, you get started off with 300 coins. That's a good deal. Right? Doesn't get any better than that. So I would stop doing what you're doing right now 
well, wait till the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> and go download PodCoin. All right. The pod player that pays. Hey, guess what, idiot? Oh There's more than one microphone, and Let's I'm go. not done. You know what? Every time you call yourself go, guys. well, that is an insult and a slap to the face to every single person in the back, in the locker room, who breaks their back week in, week out, on TV, on the road, around the world, to beat WWE superstars. And it makes me sick. It makes me sick. It makes everybody sick. And you know what happens when you call yourself the best in the world? Everybody back there, including me, is thinking Shane McMahon can kiss my ass. Because that oh, ring does not belong. Oh, Thank you. Damon hates wrestling. So, holy shit, we've got a lot to talk about. Yes. So, while we're gone, um, a lot of shit happened mm-hmm. in the wrestling well, world. Well, before we left... <laughs> yes, as we were recording, yes. <laughs> uh, we had the huge uh, press release that Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff were basically being named, I think the role was executive producers mm-hmm. of creative for Raw and SmackDown. Heyman would be on Raw and Bischoff would be on SmackDown. Um, my first thought was, what the fuck year is this? <laughs> um more so with Bischoff, just because, mm-hmm. you know, Heyman's still very much part of the product, and, you know, he's in the know, he's backstage, I know he's been helping, like, write, you know, the shows and everything, but Bischoff has been out of the loop for a long time, and I think last time he was ever, like, really part of, you know, a company, a wrestling company, was TNA, and that ended badly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I thought that was an interesting choice. Yes. Um, that was my thoughts. I was like, then, Eric like, Bischoff. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what? And, I, you know, at first when I saw the press release, I was like, okay, like, this is like a GM thing or something. Mm. Like, you know, are they just trying to get eyes? But, like, in the press release, they said they're not going to be on-air, like, characters. Like, authority figures, at least, mm. I believe, was the actual wording. Um, so I was like, okay, so Bischoff. Because Bischoff's a great on-air talent, you know. Um, I wouldn't put him, like, close to, like, Heyman. But he, when he was in that GM role and he really had no creative, you know, behind the scenes, he was fantastic. You know, he did a great job. But, like, for him to actually be, like, you know, the head booker, I don't get at all. Um, and, you know, maybe I'm being too hard on him because, you know, we did get a lot of great things from his run on Nitro. Um, but... That was 20 years ago. So I don't really know if he's got his, like, you know, finger on the pulse of mm-hmm. the, you know, wrestling business. And the only right time now. will tell at this and, point. Well, and it really comes down to, you know, also in the press release, they still had that they were going to be answering to McMahon. So how much of this is legit and mm-hmm. how much of this is smoke and mirrors and him trying to take some of the heat off of him? How much of this is a move for a move's sake? Because, you know, ratings are in the fucking tank. He's got investors to worry about. You know, he's got a huge TV deal, you know, that's about to, like, kick in um, with the whole Fox thing in mm-hmm. October. So we'll see. Now, that Raw, after the announcement, which was supposed to be, I guess, like, the unofficial start for Heyman, did feel different. It did feel better, you know, strangely enough. Um, you know, 
the pacing alone was great. They started off with the big fucking angle of Lashley and um, uh, Strowman going through the, you know, the screens and everything. Yeah. Um, You know, there was a lot more wrestling-based, you know, action going on. Um, We had the whole Styles turn, you know. So there there were things there that I enjoyed. And it left you, you know, feeling good about, you know, the decision. But I, I'm a WWE fan, so I know better. Because the next Monday, it was the shit. It was horrible. This past Raw was awful. It was one of the worst Raws I've seen. It made no sense whatsoever. <laughs> um, I really hope Heyman was far away from the show or came down sick that day and he had nothing to do with it. Because, my God. Because it felt more of what we were getting beforehand. Gotcha. Um, just way too much Shane McMahon, way too much Baron Corbin. Um, just even the way it ended with you know uh, Cedric being the masked man and losing at the same time, like it made no sense. Like it was just you know an an angle for an angle's sake. You know, um, a reveal for a reveal's sake. It made no sense. I don't know if you... Did you catch up, basically? So basically, Roman had to find a partner, or Shane had to name a partner for him. Um, He was in a... Basically, it was going to be Roman and a partner of Shane's choosing Mm. against uh, Shane and Drew. Um, Once again, I feel like that's ridiculous booking because they're going to have a tag match on the pay-per-view. But so they basically choose this custodian who we see on camera... But they tell the custodian that he has to wear a mask, basically alluding to the fact that he's so ugly, even though we're looking at him on camera. So he comes down the ramp and right away, obviously, it's not the custodian (laughs) that we saw. He uh, is forced into the match and then just proceeds to basically start to wrestle, like just, you know, like out wrestle everyone in the ring. So he ends up taking Drew's finisher and losing the match. And then afterwards, Roman's kind of like picking him up, up off the canvas, you know, and then, you know, he, he takes off his mask and it's Cedric Alexander. And that's it. <laughs> it's like, that's how weird. That? Right? It doesn't make any sense. I was like, what? That doesn't do Cedric any good. Like, if he won the match, then I, we'd be, it'd be a different story. We'd be singing a different song. We'd be like, oh, look, they're starting to push Cedric. That's great. And it makes sense to what, you know, they've been talking about where they want to start pushing younger talent. They've lost their younger audience. Um, they fear to, like, AEW, which I feel like is partially true. Um, so they're starting to push talent like Ricochet and, you know, mm-hmm. hopefully, you know, Cedric Alexander. And you, But that's not how you fucking do it. <laughs> um, but it's still promising. I love that they put the club back together. That's great. The club has resigned. Um, like an insane mistake. Insane deal. <laughs> <laughs> a huge deal, and they must have got some kind of promises. Uh-huh. Um, so because they offered them a crazy amount prior that they turned down. So I can't even imagine what they gave them now. Creative. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Creative control. <laughs> that would be amazing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It'd be interesting, at least. Yeah, Carl Anderson bringing his wife on the show uh, out of nowhere. Yes, yes. They were, <laughs> they were betting each other's wives. 
the, the first <laughs> night, the first night that the angles started, kind uh, of, um, where AJ had the match against Ricochet. He said, "I bet, you, I bet my hot Asian wife that mm-hmm. you can pin him." Um, he didn't, so he doesn't have to pay up. But it, it was like it was definitely both shows. Two SmackDown also were definitely more edgier. There was swearing like right off the bat. Corey uh, Corey Graves said, "Oh shit," you know, very forced. You know, and obviously a. It line. was forced. Oh, it was forced. Hmm. Obviously forced. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It almost felt like he was reading a cue card. <laughs> it was so like forced. Um, but they said it regardless. Mm. Um, Kofi fucking flicked off Joe. Yes. Flicked the middle of the show. <laughs> it's funny because SmackDown last week was very lackluster. Um, but this week SmackDown was far beyond like the the better show. Far away. Um, the better show. Just pacing, more wrestling. I don't even think they did the stupid fucking commercial break thing where they're like finding reasons to stop mm-hmm. the matches and restart them. Because that was all overall this week. It was horrifying. It was like, is this still a thing? You guys still haven't figured out the formula for this. Um, where SmackDown didn't feel like that happened at all, which is weird. Um, yeah, so hopefully they're getting away from that. I don't know. But yeah, just so apparently Bischoff and Heyman's official start is after the paper. So Bischoff's going to be on board. Yeah, Bischoff like tweeted like he was officially going to Stanford today. Yeah, yeah, and he's moving out there. He's moving out to uh, Connecticut and everything. So, you know, he's all in, you know, pun intended. So we'll see what happens. I'm just saying don't sell your old house yet. No, no, that's good advice. (laughs) (laughs) Especially, like, fucking Heyman and, like, Heyman and McMahon, they do, I mean, obviously they've been getting along lately. But, like, before, that was a fucking, like, just toxic relationship. So I don't see it ending well at all. Um, because regardless, I don't think the old man can stay out of, you know, the booking. And I I feel like he's going to meddle regardless of, you know, what they're saying to the mm-hmm. press. So I just don't see it ending well. And I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> I do. I hope they're wrong. The way they're pu- pushing Ricochet, you know, so far has been great. Um, but we'll see if they can maintain that. So let's go ahead and break down Extreme Rules. It's here. It's this Sunday, <laughs> which is crazy. We got That's a lot a of wrestling like this weekend. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so let's break down this card. We'll give our predictions and, you know, maybe our wishes. How we would book it. Because <laughs> they're two very different things Yes. at this point. All right. Uh, well, first up, you have on here uh, possible matches for... Finn versus Nakamura and uh, Owens versus Ziggler. Yes. Now, these have not been announced whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, and they still haven't, and we're recording this on Thursday. So, most likely, they're saving this for next week. Um, but we did have Finn uh, take a loss to Nakamura. Nakamura actually was on camera, showed up, um, and looked like the Nakamura of old. It was actually a really good match between the two. A really good TV match, I should say. Um, but it was definitely promising. I was like, oh, shit, there's Nakamura. I remember that guy. He <laughs> was probably well-rested at this point. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, but he felt motivated, too. Okay. Um, and it seems like they might be going somewhere with this. Um, we'll see. But um, it felt like they were going to lead into a match for, you know, uh, Extreme Rules, but they didn't announce anything. Hmm. So typically they usually do, you know, like once, you know, the champion loses, oh, we're going to have a match. Yeah. But no, 
No, they didn't announce anything. And then, yeah, Owens and Ziggler were supposed to have a match on SmackDown. Um, Owens showed up. Um, he's now playing the CM Punk role. Um, he's the voice of the voiceless. Mm. He cut a great promo on Shane McMahon. Check that out if you haven't seen it. Um, basically saying everything that the fans are feeling. Um, which tells me that someone realizes in back what the hell's going on. <laughs> so, um, but it was exciting. Like mm. Owens is basically a face now. So I don't know if you're yeah, there's been, up to speed. I know you're in Texas, you know, enjoying Rooster Teeth. I don't the know only thing I, I watched was Kofi flipping off Joe because that's yes. that was the most intriguing thing I heard. Yes. But no, there's been tons of reports saying that they're giving Kevin Owens a Stone Cold style push. Yes, yes. Um, with Shane playing the role of Vince, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, it seems like this is probably what he was going to be doing, you know, before, you know, I think it, what, Daniel Bryan got into yes. right? Is mm-hmm. what happened? Um, so I think this was probably where they were going before they had to kind of force him to turn heel again, just so he, um, Kofi had someone to go against. Um, but yeah, it, it hasn't been bad. You know, I've enjoyed it at least, and it's been something different. So, um, but yeah, they didn't have the match. Um, Owens was banned from the arena. He ended up showing up at the end of the show and stunning Shane. So definitely a Stone Cold style push. <laughs> but a little, little CM Punk sprinkled in gotcha. there too. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if these matches pop up on the show. But like I said, maybe they're showing, they're saving them for next week. Um, or next pay-per-view even. Uh, well, first confirmed match we have is the Revival going up against the Usos. Uh, it's for the Raw Tag Team Championship. This is probably going to be a great match, but I feel like they have no build-up or heat once again going into this match. Yeah, Even though those stupid fucking <laughs> vignettes have gone away and, you know, all that, like, the Usi hot and shit like that. They stopped that at least, but I feel like otherwise this this whole program has no heat once again. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, hopefully they put on a great match. I have a feeling it's probably going to be pre-show, unfortunately. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but, yeah. Um, I just want... Because it seemed like they were teaming the Revival with Shane for a little mm. bit. So I was like, okay, well, at least they're getting like on camera and, you know, they're going to be kind of focused on more. But that seems to have like gone on the wayside. Um, the, you know, they're a Heyman-type team, though, and they're on Raw. So that's at least promising. Um, so we'll see what happens with them. <laughs> <laughs> but it's hard, too, because if you have the Revival... And then you have Gallus and Anderson. You've got two like top, you know, heel tag teams on the same show. Not that the brand split matters, um, you know. But I will say this, you know, on a side note, if they want this shit to work with Heyman and Bischoff booking two shows, they have to make the brand split matter again. Because it doesn't like who's booking yeah. what guy. There's gonna be too much crossover. I'm I'm assuming they will. Like, I want the shows to feel completely different. Make a different line. I feel like there will be more of a line in the sand at that point. I hope so. I felt like maybe there was less of that, you know, uh, this past week. Because the fucking thing was stupid anyway. Oh, it was ho- no, it was horrible. Well, they had the wild card, but then they just forgot about mm. it, and everyone's just showing up on everyone show. So it was supposed to be originally like three, and then it became four, and then it became like ten, like all of a sudden. So, um, but yeah, it's definitely watered down the whole brand split. Um, but like for me too, like if you're going to have two distinctive shows, it needs to have two distinctive sets, stables of wrestlers. And I would like to like distinct set like looks for each show, you know, change it up a little. So. But. Bring the fist back. 
<laughs> People love the fist. I right? love the fist. That's so funny. Um, sure, why not? Right? But it's fucking Bischoff, so he'll probably have like pool parties uh-huh. and fucking, you know, just be insanity. He knows how to book fucking cruiserweights, though. He just kind of let them do whatever the fuck they want. <laughs> Which is great, but, you know, who knows? So, anyway, all right. Well, what? who you got winning? Uh, what? Uh, the revival. Yeah, that seems pretty. I hope so, at easy. least. So, uh, all right, we got Braun Strowman versus Bobby Lashley. Somehow they recovered. Bobby Lashley has actually threatened to kill Braun Strowman. He actually said, "I'm going to send you to the morgue next time I see you." Well, at least he'll stay down for the ten count. He's in this also, last man standing man. Yeah, I, he also, strangely enough, has recovered. Quicker than Braun Strowman, even though he was the one who took the brunt of everything. He was the one who was huh. tackled through the screen. It just, for me, it was like, like I thought, okay, well, this is going to go to like SummerSlam. I thought they wouldn't be on this pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Sell the injuries, because they sell, they actually sold it really well on the show. They made it into a big deal. Um, but then Lashley's back the next week. I was like, what? Come They're on. superhuman. I don't know, man. Whatever. So, <laughs> just so stupid. But anyway, you know, if you want me to give a shit, you got to keep them off camera because <laughs> otherwise, it's just another spot. Um, but Ooh. yeah, I Strowman's going over here. I got Strowman going over. Fuck it, I'll say Lashley. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't know where the storyline is going at this point. It's been going on for three months, yeah. and I still don't care. <laughs> Even with the guys almost killing themselves. Mm-hmm. So, All right. Um, this is probably one of the matches I'm most interested in. Uh, Ricochet is the United States champion versus AJ Styles. Now, do you have Ricochet? Lo- like, this is his first title defense, correct? Um, I'm trying to think if the belt was actually on the line against Styles prior. Now, the setup for this match makes no sense. Because they didn't bother explaining it. Because that was mm-hmm. lost to Ricochet. Um, last week's Raw. So I don't know why AJ is getting another title shot here. But, you know, they could have easily just had Ricochet come out and say, no, you know, we're going again. You know, after he got like, you know, because they got in the ring and they beat him down. Mm-hmm. So it could have just been like, oh, you know, story of revenge or something like that. I'm going to prove that I can beat you. Because um, it was kind of like a fluky like roll up too. But no, they didn't bother explaining that at all. So whatever. Um, I hope it's hard though because I feel I know they're pushing Ricochet, but at the same time, you want the United like club to get off on the right foot. So you don't want to see them lose here. Yeah, but it could also just be another story. Oh, Styles loses, and then they do a horrendous beatdown again. Or maybe it just ends in a DQ. It's just a huge beatdown. Yeah, maybe they do that. I still want to get at least a good 10, 15 minute match out of these guys. Because mm-hmm. I want to see them fucking wrestle. So they had one match in the very, the um, first time they faced each other was mm-hmm. great. So, um, but yeah, no, it, I don't know. I don't know where we're going. I really don't. Do you put Finn into the club with them? Do you have Finn turn? I mean, I would love that. It would be smart on their part, right? Mm hmm. Because if you want to hot shot the club and make them into a big thing, reunite reunite all of them, you know, and then get their original swag back and let 
Finn be a heel. They're not doing anything with Finn right mm-hmm. now. You could even do like a double turn with like Finn and Nakamura if you wanted. You know, have Finn almost lose that match, have the club come out and beat him down, and then have Finn like join up with them. That'd be awesome. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but you want to start selling t shirts, mm. you want to start getting that younger audience interested again. That's something that could definitely fucking, you know, get mm-hmm. eyes on your product. So, I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah, the club going up against Undisputed Era at Survivor Series. <laughs> or maybe Adam Cole comes and joins the club. Fun. I, but I don't think they're going to split up Undisputed Era. I just, if they're so. going to, like, put them together, I want them to run roughshod overall. Like, if you're going to do a stable, do it right. You know, have them to be a legitimate threat to mm. the entire roster. Make, I mean, it'd be great counter-programming to, you know, you know AEW right now. So, oh, you like, you know, all the former Bullet Club guys? Well, we've got the originals over here. Exactly. You know, so. But they're not that smart. <laughs> <laughs> so, Aleister Black is making his ring re-debut. Okay. Against Cesaro. It's like they're acting like we didn't see him wrestle already for like a month and a half before WrestleMania. <laughs> yes, Cesaro was the man who knocked. Yes. Yes, um, I got Black going over here. I think it's going to be a phenomenal match. Um, I was actually excited by Cesaro. Some people weren't. I, they were like, oh, I want to see Randy Orton. I was, I was like, no, you don't want to see Randy Orton. Because <laughs> this needs to be a fucking good match, but at the same time, Black needs to go over here. Yeah. So, I mean, I understand why they went with Cesaro. It just sucks because they're building up Cesaro right now, too. Mm. So uh, hopefully it doesn't slow down that. Maybe they just built him up for this match. Yeah, that's a possibility. <laughs> that is, and that's a very WWE thing to do. So, um, I wouldn't doubt that. But yeah, so hopefully, hopefully, you know, it, he gets to carry on with hmm. this push afterwards. But he's definitely taking the pin in this match. We've oh. got Daniel Bryan, Eric Rowan, um, the world's tag team champion. Um, and they are facing the New Day, which is Biggie and Xavier Woods, um, and Every Machinery. Good old Otis and Tucker. Yes. Huh. It'll be a fun match. Yeah. It's a lot of fun characters in one match. Yeah. I just want to see more for Daniel Bryan. (laughs) I need more Daniel Bryan in my life. Um, it should be a fun match if they get enough time, but... They just, they never, they haven't been focusing on these tag titles enough for me. No. For me to care. Um, I'm okay with Brian and Rowan, like, losing these belts to maybe heavy machinery. Just, you know, for the sake of something different. Mm -hmm. Um, I just don't want the titles to become just a whole, like, comedy act. You know, and that's pretty much what heavy machinery is right now. Which is fine, you know. I just I don't know. Do you I, throw? I have lots of hopes with you know Brian winning those tag titles with Rowan, and, and they're just not coming true. No, once again, I should, be, <laughs> I should be used to being disappointed at this point, but especially when it comes to tag teams. I know, I know, I know, but I'm just a glutton for punishment. So, well, do you throw the titles on New Day and just have it New Day and Kofi? Well, all having titles at once. That's a strong possibility. You know, if you go into SummerSlam like that. I still feel like there's going to be a turn eventually with, you know, New Day and Kofi. Um, so it makes me feel like they're going to keep the titles off of them just because of that. 
Mm. Um, I could be completely wrong though. So I feel like they, that the titles will just be in the way, you know, if they put them on them. Where I feel like, you know, Biggie's due for like a singles push at this point. And I think that would be a great SummerSlam match. It would. So, I agree with that. You know, They're not going to do it. No. No, they won't. <laughs> <laughs> they won't. But it, it'd be a great story. It really would Well, be. I'm going to go with The New Day. Okay. All right. Um, fuck it. I'm going to go with Heavy Machinery. All right. <laughs> Let's make some new tag teams. Yes. All right. What do we got next? Uh, we got the Cruiserweights, Drew Garlock, going up against Tony Nese. All right, uh, and then <laughs> uh, we say this every time. Yep. But I really need to start watching two hundred five. <laughs> I got Gulak. He just won the belt, so sure they're going to keep it on. For Probably, me. I'll agree. I won't even be different for a change. All right. So what do we got next? Uh, next we have Bailey going up against Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. It's a two-on-one handicap match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. So I was actually enjoying this angle for a little bit. They had Nikki beat Bailey, mm-hmm. so she had every right to like be in this title match and everything like that. And it put like the whole onus of you know, no, it should be you facing her and everything like that. You should be the one you know going up against um, Bailey, and you know you could be champion and everything like that. But then the next week. In the name of 50-50 booking, they have fucking Bailey beat Nikki Cross in a world oh. match. I was like, what was the point? Why? Why? <laughs> I was like, the story here was that mm. Nikki beat Bailey and then is handing, sacrificing her win, her title shot to Alexa. But then, you know, because you know, she's the worthy one. But now you've thrown that out the window by having her eat the pin. For no reason whatsoever. The match didn't have, like, Bailey didn't really lose anything there. So it's just such short-sighted booking. I don't understand <laughs> what the point was. So um, they are strongly hinting at Sasha Banks' return with this match. Um, Nikki said, you need to find yourself a friend, you know, who will have your back, basically. I'm paraphrasing. Like, you know, Alexa has mine. Um, you know, so there's a lot of just hinting. Um, she, uh, Sasha's actually on the promotional material for SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. Also. So, and that could just be a, an error or whatever. Fatal four-way. But she's she's coming. She's coming back. I could see her either stabbing, you know, um, Bailey in the back here, you know, you know, causing her, you know, the the belt basically, um, and then that becoming the angle, um, or maybe like she helps her out and then you know. Stabs her in the back. back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, either way, it's not looking good for Bailey. The old Sasha special. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah, and then we finally get that program. But at the same time, too, I'd be fine with them holding her off till Raw and having her be the next opponent for Becky Lynch. Yeah, and then you go, like, eventually you get to, like, Bailey versus Sasha at WrestleMania. <sighs> but that once again, that's fantasy booking, and we're never going to get that match at WrestleMania. No. <laughs> so... <laughs> You know, because Be- Becky definitely needs a new opponent at this point. Well, I'm going to go with Alexa Bliss and, Nick- and Nikki Cross. Okay. Who wins then? Uh, Alexa Because I don't think... Because if Nikki gets the pin, I think Nikki actually gets the belt. The title? That would be cool if she were to walk out. 
And then you start, you know, Alexa immediately turns because she's upset with that. Yeah. Or you do the whole angle where Nikki's about to win and then mm-hmm. Alexa, like, costs her the pin. Like, she jumps in and breaks it up. Then Nikki realizes. But when she realizes, she has to go fucking ape shit. Yes. Because I want to see the old Mickey Cross at this point because this whole fucking, you know, personality change is just not doing it for me. <laughs> Yeah, so I want her because they've mm-hmm. taken what made her different and what made her great, and they just threw it out the window. And now yeah. she's just another, you know, superstar on the roster. Yep. Welcome know? to WWE, David. Yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> but it's unfortunate, you know. I liked, you know, and this is a bad comparison, but she was kind of like, like the George the Animal Steel of you know the women's mm. division where she's just this monster you know who's there you know waiting it's just completely insane and unpredictable i like that they had a character who was yes. like that you know in the women's division i felt like they need more characters like that you know instead of all these kind of like you know carbon copies of each other um so just i don't know i don't know is is ruby still um she's injured still injured okay yeah she had surgery i don't know how long she's out for mm. So, but yeah, no, it just, it, it's unfortunate. And this angle has really lost heat too, because uh, the fans don't know who to fucking share for <laughs> with Mickey and Bailey. Uh-huh. So like they're sympathetic to Bailey, you know, um, and they're fans of Bailey, but they're also sympathetic to Nikki and everything because she's being manipulated. Mm-hmm. So it's just this weird like silence that's happening. <laughs> When they're out there, it's not. Well, working. I'll pop if Nikki walks out as champion. I will way. too. I, I don't see that happening, uh-huh. but I will too. I think Bailey is going to retain, but I think Sasha shows up and stabs her in the back in the, in the end. So, and then you have the breakup of uh, Alexa and Nikki, you know, here, and that, that becomes a program, which I'm cool with. But that's know? too many women's programs on one show. They've been doing a little better with that, you know? Mm. So, we remember, we got the new regime, man. So and I feel like Nikki Cross would totally be fucking Heyman's like cup of tea, mm-hmm. and she's technically a raw, you know, roster uh, wrestler. So I, I, I don't know. Cool. Wishful thinking. Uh-huh. <laughs> we should just rename the segment Damon's wishful thinking. <laughs> what Damon wants wrestling to be, but will never get. Uh, <laughs> so, but yeah, no. It, it, Bailey's gonna walk away with that title. So. <laughs> I'm going, Bailey. Uh, next up, we have Kofi Kingston going up against Samoa Joe. Uh, this is just a normal singles match. Yes, which is weird because they teased that it could possibly be a ladders match. Corey oh. Graves, like when this was announced. And I'm hearing rumors that this could be a ladders match. And so it's going to be a nice day of. came of it. Mm-hmm. Well, like, why would Samoa Joe... Put himself in that situation of a ladders match against Kofi fucking Kingston. <laughs> you have a good point. There'd be like <laughs> some favoritism going on, you know, if they put that I'm just surprised it's not like a TLC match or something There's like that. There's hardly any stipulations mm-hmm. for any of these matches, strangely enough. So I know we got like a no holds bar match. Two on one handicap. Like, God, this is sad for an extreme rules paper. I guess that this is the PG era. But yeah, you know, no no tables matches, nothing. So, um, but yeah, maybe it turns into the ladder match. I don't know. Um, I got Kofi going over, but I really want Joe to win the belt. <laughs> it would really, be nice to see Joe with the tail, but Kofi's going over. Yeah, for I sure. agree. Unless they do the turn here, 
You know, unless they go ahead and they take the belt off of Kofi, the New Day turn on him, Joe gets the belt, they move on to a program. What if it's Lesnar? Lesnar was teased. I don't feel like he's showing up in Extreme <laughs> Rules. <laughs> but maybe, and maybe that sets up a, like a SummerSlam program or something like that. Um, but I feel like if he's going to cash in on anyone, it's going to be Seth. Mm. So, um, and that, oh, well, no, I'm sorry. I thought that was going to bring us to Rollins. But no, that no, actually we... brings us to The Undertaker and Roman Reigns versus Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre. In a no-holds-barred tag team match. Did you know The Undertaker and Roman Reigns already have a shirt? No. Yes. Do you want to know what their tag team name is? What? The Graveyard Dogs. It's it not too to, bad. It has to involve dogs. <laughs> and a graveyard. Didn't he I make mean, a like a yard reference or dog reference for him? I think it actually it? says their yard, too. Oh, <laughs> something like that. It's their yard or something on the shirt. And it says graveyard dogs on the back. If Undertaker was like 20 years younger, yeah. I, I'd be like, oh, that'd be a cool tag team. <laughs> this would be exciting, but no. <laughs> it's not too bad. But yeah, no. Yeah, now I'm just I, afraid for Drew's like you know career at this point. Oh god! Well, apparently Undertaker <laughs> wants to work a program with McIntyre. Yeah, I just don't want McIntyre to die. Yeah, I agree. I agree, <laughs> but I feel like that was more Goldberg than Undertaker. Probably. Um, that being said, do I want to see Undertaker wrestle anymore? No, no, unfortunately, no, I don't. But if he actually puts over Drew, that's great. I don't know if that's going to happen. But if it was going to happen at any point, it'd be here, where you have Drew actually get the pin on The Undertaker and then move on to a program. Because they need a reason to be facing each other at SummerSlam, mm-hmm. if that's true, if it's legit, because that's the rumor right now. So that being said, I'm going to go ahead and say Shane and Drew actually win this match with Drew getting the pin on The Undertaker. Probably wishful thinking on my point, on my part, but I don't know. I mean, that sounds like the smart booking, so I'm going to go with Undertaker and Roman Reigns. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's probably what they'll do. Uh Uh, I Probably what's going to happen is Kevin Owens is going to interfere in the match and cost Shane McMahon the match. That'd be cool. Yeah. I think that's probably probably going to be what they go with here. Can he just stun everyone and walk out? That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> I think The Undertaker would actually turn to dust, though. <laughs> so, <laughs> he just doesn't look right, man. I mean, he's in his mid-50s. He, he doesn't need to be out there. He just looks like an old man in a Halloween costume at this point. Has he been doing any of his usual mind games stick with any of this feud? Not really. Because when you brought up the whole Cedric Alexander thing, I was like, why didn't he just show up at some point? Well, exactly. Exactly. Or have... Like a druids like show up around the ring to help you with something or a flash of lightning or yeah. you know I I don't know man I don't know. something to get you excited for this and I I don't know if this is the Undertaker's doing where he wants to get you know the taste out of everyone's mouth from you know the Saudi show I'm sure I, but I don't still. know if this is McMahon just trying to get you know quick ratings um, well I look forward to 15 minutes of Undertaker standing on the apron to do about like what two tombstones. Mm-hmm. And the match to end. He might do an old school. Oh, yeah. So hopefully he doesn't break a hip. Um, all right. So moving on. 
I can't believe I'm going to say this, but Baron fucking Corbin is in the main event again. Yes. Uh, Seth Rollins, the Universal Champion. Yes, the man's man. And Becky Lynch, the Raw Women's Champion, versus Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans with everything on the line. Yes. So we are getting a mixed tag team match mm-hmm. um, where both titles are on the line. The extreme rules, and it's an elimination. It's an elimination match? Yeah. Okay. So this is the thing. They did an elimination match in the beginning of Raw. Right? It was Seth and Becky versus um, Almas and, and uh, Selena. Selena, yeah. This is my problem with this. If Becky eliminates Zelina, right, and wins, but then Andrade eliminates Seth, who wins the fucking match? <laughs> it, it's a draw! <laughs> right? I didn't think about that. Yeah. These fucking idiots. They, it can't be an elimination match. It makes no sense. And then with the titles on the line. Like what? No, I'm pretty sure they added that it was also an elimination match. They need to fucking explain that then. Because that makes no fucking sense. But you could argue with it being a title like winner takes all. If Becky were to defeat Lacey, then she gets to hold her title. But if Baron beats... See, but they're playing up the angle on the show. Like, if, you know, oh, well, Seth can cost Becky her title if he gets pinned. Mm-hmm. And vice versa. So I don't understand how it's an elimination match. Then it doesn't make any sense. I, I don't... <laughs> I'm what not writing this What the fuck is shit, going man? on, man? <laughs> what? And this is the main event. Jesus Christ. I feel like it's going to be the same situation as, you know, Stomping Grounds... Where we actually get a decent card, like better than we, you know, hoped for, and then the main event just brings it down. I can't believe after the fucking abysmal like returns that they got from stopping ground that they would put Baron Corbin in the main event again. It's just absurd. I don't know, man. So I feel like Seth, regardless of all the stipulations that don't make any sense, <laughs> Seth, Seth and Becky are going to end up winning here. Yes. And then Brock Lesnar shows up and cashes in on Seth. At Extreme Rules. At Extreme Rules. <laughs> after I said that, <laughs> after I just said he's not showing up at Extreme Rules, you know what? Fuck it. Because they need, they need something here to end this pay-per-view on an interesting note at least. I say he shows up on Monday. While they're having and their, their celebration, like, oh, we won. And then he cashes in. And it's like what a whole horror on. It's a case of Brock comes out, you know, Steph is ready to fight him. And then Brock, like, gets in Becky's face and distracts, like, Seth for a second. Or something happens where Becky gets hurt with mm-hmm. Brock. And then, you know, Brock uses that to, you know, pin Dolphins. The. That's Brock. You know, <laughs> right? And it feels like it goes into the whole relationship thing. And then they'll play up the angle like, well, I cost you the belt. I'm sorry. And blah, blah, blah. And that, that horrible angle that we know is eventually going to fucking happen here. Um, I just don't see it happening with fucking, you know, Baron Corbin. So. 
Um, but yeah, no, I, they have to end on a bigger note than, mm-hmm. you know, this fucking match. And I feel like it's going to end up being a cash in by Lesnar. Now, I think Hammond came out and said, this isn't a spoiler, which he pointed out the last time he said that, you know, you know, every time that he said that, you know, whatever he says comes true. Um, you know, but then he said, I could just be using that as a lie to get you. I feel like they're they're definitely strongly teasing at this happening. So, I don't know, man. I don't know. But they've also been teasing it for the last two months. So, I just feel like they want that marquee name on the SummerSlam card yeah. of Lesnar. So Of course. Oh, God. And then we get the rematch between Rollins and Lesnar. So, the day before um, Elimination Chamber... We have five for the fall. <laughs> are we moving on this? Are we saying I'm just trying to get the fuck away from this, man. This garbage? <laughs> but I will say, like, I feel like there's at least three or four strong matches in here. You yes. Know? I there's mean, AJ potential. Styles and Ricochet, mm. Samoa Joe and Kofi, um, Cesaro and Alistair Black. So, they're, like I said, it's going to be a sleeper cardigan where mm. it ends up like you enjoy, like, 70% of the fucking card, and then you're just like, what the fuck just happened? Exactly. So they punch you in the face at the end. Punch you right in the dick. Vinny, <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh. dick-punching McMahon. <laughs> oh, God, I hate him. All right, so let's move on. Yes. All right, so what what the hell else do we have going on? It's a uh, busy we have weekend. Fight for the Fallen this weekend. Fight for the Fallen. Um, yeah, yeah. How did you feel about a uh, Fighter Fest? We didn't get to talk about it at all. I so. thought it actually was pretty phenomenal. Yeah, the no, matches that we got. I was like, are they just fucking killing themselves in the ring this year? Or? Yeah, I, I really <laughs> I thought they did a great job of like shining the spotlight mm. on their newer stars. Which I really enjoyed. They re- it was a great introduction to the rest of their roster. Um, so I was I was very impressed with it. Um, you know, I mean, the pre-show was fucking horrible, um, but it was a pre-show, so I don't really care about that. A lot of people are harping on the pre-show, um, especially like the librarians and everything. It's supposed to be a spoof off of WWE. You know, not being able to like you know write the course with their own fucking shitty gimmicks and angles. Mm-hmm. I mean. They basically spelled it out for you on, you know, uh, being the lead this week. But whatever. So I, 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 I agree, though. Like, I don't need to see a 10-minute match with the librarians, though. So um, Well, you're getting another one. Yeah, I, <laughs> I know. But hopefully it's a quick affair. So, um, but yeah, yeah. What, what do we have on the card, Christian? Uh, well, we got Brandy Rose going up against Allie. And I don't think I've ever seen Brandy Rhodes actually wrestle. Oh, um, she's, she's a, not great. She's a work in progress, right? Yes. That's what I've heard. So, Hopefully um, she's been training since okay. the last time I saw and her. I feel like she has been, you know, and from everything I've heard in interviews and stuff like that. She takes it seriously, mm. at least. Um, she's, a little, she's just a little stiff in her moment, movements mm-hmm. is the main thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's what, just from like the few spots I've seen her in mm-hmm. the ring doing, it definitely feels that way. But um, she's green, hopefully she catches on. I hope they don't book her too strong. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I, I don't want her to be that heel authority figure either, you know, for the women's division. I don't think they need that up front, you know, right away. Um, so, but it, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how it actually plays out. Hmm. So, um, what else do we have? Kenny Omega versus Seema. I was not a big fan of the Seema Christopher Daniels match. I will say that. I I enjoyed it, but I still uh, Seema still isn't clicking for me yet. Yeah, it was a fine match. It just didn't overwhelm me. Like, mm-hmm. You know, it was okay. Um, I definitely felt like it should have been the opener for the card either. Um, so I I don't know. I I mean it's Omega, so I'm sure he'll have a great fucking match. You know, and then maybe Seema will just grow on me. And maybe it was more Daniels than Seema that you know. Mm-hmm. I just it I don't know. It just didn't do much for me at all. So, but there is they seem to be invested in Seema, so yeah. they believe in him at least. So, um, what else do we have? Uh, Cody and Dustin going up against the Young Bucks, brothers versus brothers. The Bucks parodying fucking speech at <laughs> yes. the end has been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Great, I love. I haven't heard Cody's response to that at all. Like if he if he's you know getting heat or if there's I any bad seen blood one, between them at all. Um, so I haven't been watching like the road to um, mm. you know fight for the fall. But I did see that clip where totally... there's been multiple. They've been uh, doing it multiple times throughout the being elite since then. So oh it's been pretty. It's been pretty awesome. So. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, I, I'm definitely looking forward to this match. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how this ends here. Probably with Sean Spears' interference, I'm guessing. Somehow he cost them the match. Maybe he takes out Goldust. Uh, didn't he say his reasoning to JR this week? He's supposed to have an interview with him. I don't know if he actually did have a sit-down interview yet. Okay. So I like that they're doing things like that. Mm. You know, utilize JR for shit like that. It makes sense. I mean, JR's gotten a lot of people over with those kind of interviews and everything. So, why not? Um, it, it's basically do like I think Cody has been kind of very um, dismissive of Sean Spears and saying like like I, there was a few interviews and this was before like weeks before um, Fighter Fest where he like would just make a quick mention of like the signing and everything like that and he'll say things like, Yeah, no, he's a great hand. Um, at one point he said, Yeah, no, he'll be great like player coach for us. Just kinda acting like very mm. dismissive and just, you know, like he's kinda washed up or, you know. So right when he started doing that, I felt like, oh, he's definitely planting seeds for like <laughs> some kind of feud, you know. Uh-huh. Just in little like interviews that he's done, which is really, really smart. Um, I love that, that they have that like level of booking. So just subtle shit like that. So when he came out, like right away, I was like, oh shit. Okay. This is all about that. Um, you know, what did you think of the chair shot? Um, I, I thought it was awesome. <laughs> it's just me. You're like, fuck his health. I don't care. Entertain me. God damn it. <laughs> as long as they do it sparingly and everything, yeah. I guess they actually gimmick the chair. Which is interesting. Uh, I've heard of it in the past. I didn't know if like how legit that was, though. Like I was like, do they really do that? I guess they take out the seat and they put a different material in it that's more like kind of like a a, a, mm-hmm. a cookie sheet. Um, so, but I guess what ended up happening was that he caught him with the edge of the chair instead of the actual flat part yeah. of the seat. So yeah, uh, uh, the interview that Tony has at, after that pay per view, he's just like, "Yeah, that was completely fucked up." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was not supposed to happen. Well, he what did he say? Um, you know, you can, 
you can plan for everything, but you can't plan for human error. Yes. So you could tell he wasn't happy mm. about it. And then the Bucks had an interview this week where he they said, oh, yeah, no, he was pissed. Um, so I get it. You know, it's definitely because then everyone's, instead of talking about the show, they're talking about the chair shot, you know. Um, so it's not necessarily the best look for them. And then they have that huge, like... I thought it was board. awesome. Yeah, well, of course. It's like, <laughs> it's like, oh, we're doing chair shots to the head now, are we? <laughs> you could also tell, like, Cody was trying to keep his hands down when he took it, too. Watch it back. Because hmm. right away, your your reflexes are going to tell you, get your fucking yeah. hands up, dumbass. <laughs> but there's a little bit of a pause there. And then he hits up. I was like, I don't know. It was fine. I, like, if you use it sparingly mm. to, for bigger angles, like, which I hope this is, um, I'm fine with it. But if it turns out where you're fucking, like, ECW in, like, you know, 1998, I don't need that. Or if you're just Kota Ibushi on a Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't do too many chair shots to head. No, I'm just saying just head just injuries land, in yes. general. Where you just land on your head on purpose. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that man's insane. Um, yeah, so like I said, people, I think it's outrageous. They're grown men, and they, you mm. know, they know what they're doing, and it's not like anyone's trying to hide anything from them now, no. like CTE or anything. So once in a while is fine. Don't do it every fucking day. <laughs> but, and it goes, but it's just bad storytelling anyway because mm. it loses its effect. You know, same with blading. Like. Once in a while is great. Get over a feud or whatever like that. You can't do it every fucking week, though, because it loses its effect. Exactly. So, um, all right. What else do we have? Well, we got more hardcore shit because we have Jimmy Havoc and Darby Allen going with Joey Janela versus... Jesus Christ. <laughs> MGF, Sammy Guevara, and Sean Spears. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's an insane team yeah. right there. <laughs> Oh, but I love it. Yeah. <laughs> That's just going to be thumbtacks and staple guns. Exactly. <laughs> so Tony Khan has made a point of that you're not going to be getting those like blackout matches like we got with um with John Moxley um all the time. You know, that's not going to be, like, part of the TV product or anything like that. It's It'll be, on be the like, a special, sure. special event. Well, and you heard that they're only going to be doing, like, four pay-per-views a year. Oh, okay. They're not going to be doing monthly pay-per-views, which I appreciate. Mm. Um, I remember a time when there was only four pay-per-views <laughs> a year. But it made it special. You know, mm. once again, less is more. Um, so um, it'll be interesting, like, how they book wrestlers like Jimmy Havoc. You know, because that that's kind of his niche, mm. you know, his niche. So, um, I, I don't know. And, and Joey Janela. Did you see the fucking Enzo and Janela thing? Yeah. Okay. What's stupid. <laughs> really stupid and awkward and just awful. Like, what are you doing? I just um, don't get it. Because I was trying to understand, like, the whole confrontation. Because it sounded like Joey Janela just was trying to degrade himself. No, and say hi. He sounds. It's he's claiming that he actually started shit. Okay. So, um, but they were going back and forth on Twitter a while mm. ago, and I guess Joey, like I don't know, introduced himself, like kind of got in his face or something like that. And this is from what I understood. Joey was admitting to this, mm-hmm. um, you know. And then they, you got the back and forth, and half of the video. I'm sure that's not the entire video. No. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just like, oh God. It just ends up go away, please. <laughs> please. 
Uh, Isn't he training for MMA or some shit? Is he? I don't know. Oh, God. I was just trying to read his, like, garbage that he's posting. Isn't he, like, 50, too? (laughs) Like, I feel like he's older, right? I have no idea. He just looks that way. Who knows? So... He looks so different without his fucking beard, though. Jeez, I saw a picture of him. I was like, who is that? Um, still looks like a fucking asshole, though. <laughs> anyway, so, all right. So, Jimmy Havoc, Darby Allen. I was really impressed with Darby Allen. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, they did a great job of making, like, stars out of these wrestlers, you know, with with uh, uh, Fighter Fest. So, um, Darby Allen, Joey Janela versus MJF, Sammy Guevara, mm-hmm. Guevara, and Sean Spears. It's interesting that they have MJF and Sean Spears on the same team. Because MJF, the team. yeah, but MJF came to Cody's aid. Oh, um, when Sean hit him, you know, took the chair shot. So maybe it was a um, disgruntlement. Or MJF uses it as an excuse to walk out on the match or something. Mm-hmm. You know, like refuses a tag or something. I could see that. So, um, yeah, you think, I'm, I'm guessing Cody probably has an answer for Sean in this match. You know, if he doesn't end up interfering, you know, in their tag match. Okay. <laughs> it's just a normal chair. There's no spot on it. This time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then what else do we have? So next up we have the Lucha Brothers going up against SoCal Uncensored. That's Scorpio Sky and Frankie Kazarian, right? Yes. It's going to be a hell of a match. Yes, it will. <laughs> <laughs> I love the focus on the tag team division. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a breath of fresh air. Um, it sounds like they're going to be doing a tag tournament um, starting off um, AEW's run on TNT. Yes. They're going to, like, I, I think the Young Bucks actually said they might start off first night with the tournament. Um, it's awesome, man. I love tournaments. I love, you know, I love mm-hmm. the idea of, you know, the tag team titles mattering. And it, they're putting together quite a roster of tag teams. Uh, from uh, Fighter Fest, uh, they did a great job of putting over um, Private Party. I thought they really shined in that match. I mean, you could tell that the match was orchestrated to get Private Party kind of over and everything mm-hmm. like that. And they, they, I think they even did like a backstage thing on being elite where they showed them like getting offered like a contract and everything. Gotcha. So they must be pretty invested in them. So, um, but yeah, no, I. I I, like I said, I'm really excited for the tag team division, mm-hmm. you know, uh, with AEW. So, um, but yeah, no, it should be a great match. Well, another match that came straight out of uh, Fighter Fest, we have Hangman Page going up against Kip Sabian. I don't know anything about Kip Sabian. Um, I mean, we we have seen him in action so he far. Was he the was at the desk during the um the match. Yes, with, right? the Fatal Four Way. Yes. Yeah. Um. Awesome. I mean, I don't see it. I mean, Adam he was uh, he was in over. the buy-in match for um was it it wasn't all out it was uh the the first one they did this year all in double or, or nothing double or nothing yes uh he was versus Sammy Guevara oh okay yes okay mm-hmm. it's gonna be a fun match yeah, he's you a good know? talent I mean, it's just you know Adam Page is gonna go over now Jericho is supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's some getting, live microphone. Session? Yeah, they're giving him a live mic. He said so. He's just like swearing about. He did a little promo about him having a live mic. So it's just um, gonna be him complaining that no one's thanked him. Pretty much, <laughs> and then he'll come out and probably interfere in Paige's match. Yeah. Uh, but although they don't want to have tons of interference. Oh, you know what? One thing I wanted to talk about that I really enjoyed: time limits. They're doing fucking time mm-hmm. limits. I, I think that's fucking great. I love it in New Japan. 
Um, they really opened my eyes to it. Uh, I, I thought it added a lot of drama to a lot of the matches and everything. Um, I'm excited for that. I, I feel like it makes it more like an authentic, like sporting, like you know, match. So I, I enjoy that. I'm glad that. Oh yeah, I've had had a problem with it so far, and it's a great way to get around having like fucking you know smudges or fucking you know crazy fucking endings to matches mm-hmm. where you've got to have rough bumps or you know double DQs or whatever you know. Um, you know, I, I thought it was well used with the, the Darby Allen Cody Rhodes match and everything. Mm-hmm. Well, so. and there was another thing we didn't talk about with Fighter Fest. Um, Moxley and uh, Kenny Omega's fight at the end. Yes, in Moxley's match, you yes. know. <laughs> uh, I like the concept of the, a blackout match. I mm-hmm. totally forgot about those. It's a very like 80s, late 70s thing where, like, oh, you know, this isn't sanctioned. So they turn off the lights and everything. Um, it's kind of fun. Um, I thought the match itself was awesome. I've never seen anyone fucking step on thumbtacks barefooted before. I thought that was different. <laughs> um, you know, and fucking Moxley's back was just horrific. Mm-hmm. So um, I was making my girlfriend watch the highlights after the match went off, and she was just like cringing uh, in the corner the entire yeah, time. Yeah, those are real thumbtacks. <laughs> um, I didn't like Kenny's attack necessarily. I felt like, you know... And I know, like, it's not something he's used to necessarily doing, like, using weapons and shit like that. So, like, you know, when, like, he pulled off the drumsticks and, like, played mm-hmm. on John and then, like, he did... Yeah, that was whole, hokey. Yeah, <laughs> and weird. it was a little hokey and weird. Like, you could tell he was, like, kind of improv and everything. Um, what else did he hit him with? He hit him something. hit him with something completely ridiculous. Like, this guy just fucking went through hell. You know, he's not going to sell that. You know, it was, some, it was something ridiculous. I did like the guitar shot. You know, I don't know if it got over with, like, the audience. Like, you know, how heavy the fucking... Mm. <laughs> getting hit by an electric guitar would actually... How much that would actually hurt. Um, but I know the weight of those guitars. So the fact that he actually did strike them in the back with the guitar was pretty fucking awesome. Um, but, yeah, you know... I, oh, he brought out a fucking trash can. Oh, yes. I was like, come on, man. A trash can? Get a, at least a kendo stick or something. <laughs> you know, this guy just looked you fucking hell. Trash can's not going to do it. He shouldn't have to Well, I think what can. I loved most about it was that Moxie was still smiling at the end. Yes. Yes, I did like that. But at the same time, you know, what did Kenny get out of that? Uh, some semblance of revenge. You had, but, but I don't feel like it was much of, like, it wasn't enough revenge, mm. you know, because, I mean, you look at what Moxley did to Kenny, fucking, you know, hitting with the dirty deeds on those fucking ships and then tossing him off of them. That was a much more effective moment than what we saw out of Kenny here. So I, I think they should have gone that extra mile, done something crazy, you know, to really heat up the feud between the two mm-hmm. and let Kenny get something back here. Because it did feel a little hokey to me. For me, personally. Do you think so, they throw in Because another... this guy just literally went through fucking hell. Mm. <laughs> Do you think they throw in another fight in this yes. show? Yes. Absolutely. And maybe it seems like... It oh, well, no. I, Moxley's not there. Ooh, they can't. Yeah. Oh, he's in the GOI. Yeah, he's in G1. He's in Japan. So <laughs> that's <not> <laughs> Kenny shows up at the G1 costume. But if he wasn't, yes. I would definitely feel like there'd be some kind of run-in or something like mm. that. But yeah. And they probably will do that at some point, you know, before All Out. But yes. um, 
yeah, no. It just didn't do enough for me. And especially with that being like the end of the show, I was just kind of like, eh, we could have done a little more. It was fine, but it just, I, I expected a little more. Hmm. You know, you literally went through hell. <laughs> so, um, um, next up, we have a triple threat tag match between the Dark Order, Angelico, and Jack Evans, and Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. I love Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Me too. I know I'm not alone. <laughs> I've never seen him even wrestle as a tag team. At this no, point, but, I, but I already love it. <laughs> I love both of them individually, so I'm imagining I will love them yes, together. Yes, uh, I I love the Dark Order. I think they're creepy as fuck. Really? <laughs> um, who are they? The Smash Brothers from Ring of Honor? But, like, I feel like they haven't done a good enough job of, like, explaining who they are, but, like, I don't, the commentary team. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's been kind of flat, you know, for the audience, like, every time they've appeared so far. Um, especially, like, with, like, um, uh, Friday Fest when they showed up, you know, and then the lights went off and they were gone from the ring. I thought that was a little flat. The crowd was just like, huh? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know they're a great tag team, mm. so I'm excited for that. But they, I think booking them, they could have been a little better. So, I mean, it's still not even close to what WWE is doing booking-wise with tag teams. You know? well, At least they're not putting on fucking Usi Hot and really yes. fucking <laughs> We'll see where they take this. I mean... Yes. Yes. It's an interesting gimmick. It's something different, mm. too. You know, I like that everyone's different on the show. You know, you don't have too many, like, carbon copies. You know, mm. everyone has their own thing. So that that I enjoy, and their own wrestling styles too. There's such a mix of different wrestling styles, which I love. Um, I really hope they get a great like fucking uh, shooter. Like I want, I want like some fucking like great like grapplers, like actual ground game wrestlers, you know, too. So I'm sure they'll get them. Mm-hmm. You know, especially if you got Dean Malenko working out back. So, um, but that being said, uh, is that everything? I think the only match we didn't talk about was Britt Breaker going up against Bea Presley. It's kind of, uh, it's Bea Presley's first match in AEW. Okay. And from what we've seen, they do a great job introducing mm-hmm. you know, new wrestlers you know, to their audience. So I'm sure it'll be more of the same. Yes. So, all right. Well, that's uh, Fighter Fest. <laughs> no, not <laughs> no, Fighter Fest. Fight for the Fallen. It's the F's, man. Too yes. many F's. <laughs> <laughs> Fight for the Fallen. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, shit, man. For a card that they're kind of like, yeah, we're doing this for charity and everything like that, that's a pretty decent fucking card. That yeah, should make some money for them. Yes. <laughs> so, what do you think about the counter-programming the WWE is doing with Evolve? Uh, I mean, I feel like they maybe they were right. Maybe they were just, you know, picking a, a time. You know, I would have said that at first, but then <laughs> they literally give them, like, like a five minute promo on SmackDown and Raw. Oh. Like, yeah. Like a little like mini documentary almost. Like okay. all the shows about why Evolve is a I have seen a lot like more that. WWE superstars talking about their like they love their love for Evolve and like stuff like that. He's like, what? I've never even heard you guys fucking mention uh-huh. that shit before. Like I felt like they got more fucking like pub than uh NXT gets. <laughs> so, um, but whatever, man. it's Vince you know, typical McMahon. So, um, he can say whatever he wants, but he sees them as a threat. And it's <laughs> obvious at this point. So, 
Um, All right, David. We so, have yeah, we have one more promotion to talk about <laughs> before we run away and go to bed. That's right. It is two <laughs> o'clock in the morning. We are going to make it through this. Uh, but we have the G one going on. Yes. While we were away, uh, the first night took place in Texas. Did you catch it? No, I was nearby actually. I was um, when I was getting my tickets to come back. Oh, I just met like on TV. I, 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 yeah, you were in Texas. You could have. Yeah. And from looking, the look of things, you could have probably just walked up um, <laughs> and got the best seat. The I think they shot it well enough to show that there was uh, a good amount of people there. I don't think they cared. <laughs> I think we're so used to like WWE and everything like that because they'll bend over backwards mm. to make it look like there's people there. You know, they'll get all the they'll huddle fucking you know the crowd into like the hard camera shot and everything like that. There was tons of empty seats, and like even in the entryway, like when they would show wrestlers like posing and, and mm. with their entrances, you could see a bunch of empty seats in the behind them and shit. I mean, if they don't care, they don't care. They definitely overshot what they, you know, thought they were going to get audience-wise. I mean, it was, I think it was a 20,000 venue. Um, They were hoping to get at least 10,000, and they got like 5,000. Oh, okay. So, yeah. They just got to get better. Yeah, the the Okada Rainmaker shot was a little... A little lackluster, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. they got they got to get better at booking in the states. Mm-hmm. You know, and the, I think it's just this idea that they're refusing. I guess storyline wise, I understand, but they refuse to like release the card early enough for people to get excited for it. It seems like, and I get it. Like you don't want to spoil anything, mm-hmm. um, but at least announce who's going to be there, so people can know whether or not they want to show up. Because it was a it was a fucking great card, yeah. <laughs> so it really sucks. They performed like it was sold out, so yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So maybe they just don't care, you know. Mm. Maybe they're like exposure is exposure, you know. We're on fucking uh, what was it? Access, right? Yeah. Access TV. So, um, it is what it is. Um. So, but yeah, no, I thought it was a great card. Uh, do you have a highlight? Um, I mean, Ibushi wrestling through being injured the entire time. The whole match was fucking phenomenal. How about Kenta showing though? Kenta was great. Back to form, Mm -hmm. right? Um, I when Ibushi hurt his ankle, I totally thought he was just selling. You know, (laughs) um, he actually got me with selling the fucking uh, go to sleep, and then Mm. they showed the replay. I was like, oh, he didn't come fucking close to his head. He took Uh that in the chest. Um, he's just so great at fucking selling really so but yeah then i saw the pictures of his fucking ankle i was like oh my god is he gonna make it through the fucking tournament because that thing was Mm. gnarly looking um but he says he can go so hey more power to him he's a fucking madman he is um i would say this was one of my favorite um okada versus tanahashi matches so far i love the moment with them getting recognition from the crowd at Mm -hmm. the very beginning i thought that was great you know and you could tell that they're actually like touched by it I thought that was a fun moment, like in that kind of Western, like welcome mm-hmm. and everything, and the crowd actually appreciating what they're seeing. Exactly. So how historic it is. <laughs> um, what about Lance Archer defeating uh, Will Ospreay? I thought that was a big shock, but still, he he had a good showing. He does a better. Fucking... It's a new Japan thing too, like yeah. to you know put over <laughs> these big guys. I mean, bad luck. Fale always gets a win here mm-hmm. and there, like some big shocking wins. And then you're actually in Archer's hometown, um, and you know he's now without uh, Davy Boy, mm-hmm. you know Junior. So I mean, I guess push him and everything, and Osprey will be fine. 
So, but fucking shit, man. What the hell's the name of the move where they flip off the top rope? Uh, Spanish Fly. Fucking Archer taking that fucking Spanish Fly. That was impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, him walking the top rope, like literally walking yes, almost the entire that's what I was about to say. Ring. He does it better than uh, Undertaker. Yeah. <laughs> and that's I mean, Undertaker's 30 yes. years old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, as of right now for the G1... For block A, we have Okada having two points, Kenta has two points, Sonata has two points, Bad Luck Folly has two points, Lance Archer has two points, and the rest all have zero. All right, and we have not had block B yet. There was not a yet. Week in between cards. Um, block B will be this Saturday. Um, and who do we have on the card, Christian? For Block B this Saturday, we have Juice Robertson going up against Shingo Takagi. Then we have Tom, uh, then we have Ishii going up against Jeff Cobb. Hell, that's going to be a hell of a match. <laughs> yes, it will. Did you catch the uh, tag match? Uh, no, I skipped the tag, tag matches. Dude, the, those two are going to fucking burn down the house, man. <laughs> I was excited for the match during the tag match. And that's what's great about those tag matches. It really mm. sets up, you know, the the block you know for the next night so well done and i i can't wait to see this match so uh next up we have yano going up against naito that should be a good time yes yes it should be (laughs) uh goto versus white and moxley versus taichi taichi huh right off the bat yep Ha, I'm not a huge Tai Chi fan, but I'm well, sure then Moxley you should will make be it glad. Fun. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Hopefully Moxley shows that fucking microphone up his ass. Uh, <laughs> he's a decent wrestler too. It's just the gimmick kills no. him. So, all right, and then we we got Block A uh, going again on Sunday. Um, what do we got? Okada versus uh, Zack Saber Jr. Tanahashi versus Kenta. Ibushi versus Evil. Osprey versus Sonata. Oh, that's going to be fantastic. And then Archer versus Bad Luck Fale. I'm actually curious about that match. <laughs> that's going to be hard hitting. So, um, man, I love the G1. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's so exhausting just to even watch the fucking thing. But... Well, we've got two pay per views plus all this crap. Yes. Man. Yes. <laughs> and then we're going D Block again on Monday because they're trying to uh-huh. catch up now. So we got uh, Juice Robinson versus Goto. We've got Ishii versus Jay White. Yano versus Tak Takagi. Um, and then Cobb versus Mox. Oh no, <laughs> Moxley's gonna get himself killed. Um, and then uh, Naito versus uh, Tai Chi. Tai Chi. Tai Chi. God damn it, Tai Chi. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, Cobb's gonna fucking just suplex Moxley through some stupid shit. <laughs> I've got a bad feeling for that. So um, I really love Jeff Cobb. I don't know if I mentioned this, but I, I can tell. I can tell. Suplex people all day long. So, um, but yeah, no, that that's the G one so far. Yes. So we'll just be kind of checking in, in and out, you know, for the next couple. Not, and we'll be kind of like checking in and out for the next like month. Right? Because yeah. it's till August. So <laughs> just kind of talking the standings. We'll try to watch as much as we possibly can. Um, you know, at least get highlights and everything. Yes. So, but 
Yay, wrestling. Woo! So it's nice to end the wrestling segment yes. on a positive note. <laughs> <laughs> the G1 is here. It's uh, the first time we've talked all three promotions in one episode. I know, crazy. And that's <laughs> foreshadowing for things uh-huh. to come because once AEW starts a weekly program, Jesus, I don't know how we're going to do it, man. <laughs> we need another show, Christian. Um, has your um, predictions changed at all after the first night? Do you even remember your predictions at this point? Well, unfortunately, Coda's. I don't know if he's going to make it to the edge of G1 at this point. So you had Coda winning? I believe I had Coda versus, um, like, Naito in the end. Okay. Because I definitely, I think I had Naito winning. So I'm st- I'm going to stick with Naito right now. But, mm-hmm. yeah. No, it, man, but you, you, you never know. Who? You never know. I could see it where, like, the way they're fucking pushing Okada... And talking up Okada, like, wanting to, like, do the whole fucking, um, I forgot what they called it, like, the Triple Crown in his own mind. Like, when the fucking, uh, the, uh, New Japan Cup, the title, and the G1. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I mean, you still get a fucking match at Wrestle Kingdom regardless. Yeah. But I was like, oh, I could totally see them doing that. <laughs> who would Who would he pick, then, to go up against? And that's how it works, right? He gets to pick someone? Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. (laughs) I hope it's not Tanahashi. It's Taichi. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Yano. Um, (laughs) That'd be amazing. (laughs) Just throwing DVDs at him the entire time. I don't know, man. I don't know. I guess Naito? I would hope. But I could also... Maybe he picks Moxley. It's not going to be Moxley. They're not gonna. I would. That would be such a predictable. But they see what Jericho has done for them, mm-hmm. and I don't know what kind of numbers they're doing right now. You know, or if they how would they even look like if they're getting more subscriptions because of Moxley? So if they feel like they're getting more subscriptions because of it, I, I I could see them pulling the trigger on that. But you're right. Like they're because it feels predictable. Like they're obviously not going to put the title on Moxley at the same time. Since he has that AEW contract. Yeah. Um, Unless they change their like shit with AEW. Yeah. But they're definitely going to get Moxley on the card. You know, for Wrestle Kingdom. I don't know. I don't need him at Wrestle Kingdom. I, 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 I agree. I agree. But you're not them. <laughs> you know? You're not trying to spread the word True. about New Japan. So I'm okay with him not being on Wrestle Kingdom. But, Poor fucking Naito. You know? <laughs> I could definitely see him in an undercard match on Wrestle mm. Kingdom, though. You know, just to get eyes on the product once again. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I, I still, I, Osprey's still my fucking dark horse, though. Yeah, I mean, my book, he's definitely, he's been, he's been the best wrestler this year. I think he's put on the most impressive matches this year, and I know we haven't seen much. Like Kenny has barely wrestled this year. Same with a lot of people. I feel like there's been a lot of injuries and everything mm-hmm. like that, but. Right now, if the year was to end, I would definitely pick Osprey as wrestler of the year. You know, I mean, he's put just the, I mean, I don't know, the the best quality matches out there. So, but I feel like it's Nino's year. <laughs> Fine. We've said that. For I'm just four trying to get your hopes up just to crush you again. <laughs> We've said that for four years. Has it been four years? <laughs> for like five years. <laughs> 
Anyway, all right. Well, that's going to do it for wrestling. Yes, and that's going to do it for the show. Yes, it is. All right. Well, before we go, Christian, uh, make sure you go ahead and check out DCP. That's DramaCityProductions.com. That is our network. Um, it's us and a bunch of other great podcasts. Go ahead, check them out, and give us a listen. Where else can you find us, Christian? Well, you can find us on all your favorite podcast platforms, including Podcoin. That's right. Podcoin is the app that pays you to listen to your favorite podcast. Yes. So go ahead, find us. Um, and right now we got a promo code. That's Nerd Show. Put in that code Nerd Show. Get 300 or 400 coins. 300 coins. 300 coins. And you can use those coins towards gift cards. Yes. And if you choose, you can also give those coins to charity. Um, it's up to you, but it's a great app, you know, and find your favorite podcast there. Yes. And if you want to find more information on us, go over to all of our social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's uh, right. Plenty of content there. You'll be able to probably check out some of the photos I took at RTX this weekend. Hopefully. If you're following us. Download them. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's only been a week. That's fine. Um, and we keep you abreast of all the latest nerd news. Yes. So especially with San Diego Comic-Con coming up, you know, definitely give us a follow. Yes. Tons of shit coming out of that. That's right. That's right. And then if you want to also find us on your favorite podcast platforms other than PodCoin or, you know, DCP, you can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Podbean. And while you're following us over there, make sure you go ahead and subscribe. Make sure you rate and review. God damn it. I can't say this enough. Yes. We need those things to thrive as a podcast, especially a small independent podcast like us. Yes. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. That's right. Um, and what are they listening to right now, Christian? Oh, well, they're listening to DJ Greg Brebner bringing all the sweet bass to this ending. <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> what he said. But yeah, phenomenal, talented guy. Uh, you can follow him on Instagram. You can check out all his music on SoundCloud. Yes. And then at the beginning of the show, you heard them Guilty Aces. They always do our intro song. Um, they're a local Chicago rockabilly band. Um, they've got tons of music on iTunes right now. You can check out their videos on YouTube. And if you're in the Chicagoland area, check out a show. They play pretty much weekly. Yes, and I have to pimp out one last thing. If you want to support us, you got to go on Pro Wrestling Tees, get a shirt, walk around, be cool just like us. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to support the show yes. and you want to fucking, you know, uh, wear some nerd swag, Go ahead, get yourself a shirt, um, you know, and, you know, help support, you know, our little show. Yes. So, no one's paying us for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> but you could be. Yeah. <laughs> a yeah? little. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right. Uh, what do we got next week? Uh, next week, maybe Stranger Things. Maybe Stranger Things. A lot of maybe wrestling. Maybe Crawl. May, well, we'll, we'll see. see. <laughs> it's going to be a busy weekend. Yes. Oh, my God. I do plan on seeing it eventually, but there's a lot of wrestling. Yes. Um, and I've got to take a deep dive into Stranger Things because I haven't even started yet. Mm -hmm. So, um, And then we'll, we'll, we will definitely be reviewing comic books again. Yes. So um, we got to get back on track and play some catch-up there. So well, that's going to do it for this week. Yes, my name's Christian. And my name's Damon. And that's The Amazing Nerd Show. All right, well, you can walk into a movie theater in Amsterdam and buy a beer. And I don't mean just like a little paper cup. I'm talking about a glass of beer. And in Paris, you can buy a beer in McDonald's. And you know what they call a, a, a quarter pounder with cheese uh, in Paris? They don't call it a quarter pounder with cheese? Oh, man, they got the metric system. They wouldn't know what the fuck a quarter pounder is.
And what do they call it? They call it uh, Royale with cheese. Royale with cheese. That's right. What do they call a Big Mac? Big Mac's a Big Mac, but they call it Le Big Mac. Le Big Mac. <laughs> <laughs> what do they call a Whopper? I don't know. I didn't go on a Burger King.